93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Nick saw something that's worth uh, pointing out. Uh, John Clark, uh, our buddy, sports aficionado, has been by here for years and years and years, uh, posted on his Twitter account yesterday uh, about uh, one of the Phil's utility players, a guy named Brad Miller. And he was in the locker room, and he said, Brad Miller told me that he brought the luck, uh, the lucky bamboo today in Philly. He believed that it would end the losing streak. So he has a little bamboo plant, and he huh. brought it into the locker room. And he said, uh, this will bring us some wins. I can feel it. And John said, if you win tonight, he said, when we do, every Philly will have bamboo in their locker tomorrow. So we'll see if that ends up happening well, or not. Well, it's only crazy if it doesn't work. Yeah. And it worked last night. Yeah. And so I would hope that every Philly in their locker today has a bamboo plant. Well, is bamboo lucky? I have no idea. To uh-huh. him it is. I'll tell you, and Nick, I'm forgetting the name of the player, but he brought in a bag of flies. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the guy who lives in Delco. Yeah, the guy from Delco yeah. brought in a bag of flies. I tell you, um, you know, it was obviously, it was a, a seismic event because it was a shift. It was... As bleak as could be, but to have that happen, I wouldn't screw with the bamboo. And the Phil, I, mean, <laughs> I would they, stick with it. The Phillies were having fun with it because yeah. uh, they they changed their Twitter handle last night, yesterday, to uh, Four Leaf Clover. They, on their account, they posted a penny with the the head up, and there was one other. Oh, a ladybug! A ladybug, I guess, is also good luck. So the Phillies were yeah. trying anything, and they're in the middle of a seven game losing streak. And as you guys know, athletes and ballplayers in particular can be very superstitious. Let me ask you, how so in in matters like that, Preston, when no one's looking or whatever, if you pass by a like a a quarter that's on the ground, if it's tails up, yeah, do you pick it up? Yeah, do you think I, about it for a second? Yeah. <laughs> I have, as of the last few years, kind of bailed on all superstitions. Yeah, you fully embrace Santeria. Uh, no, that's oh. not true at all. Okay. Uh, I have, uh, I've bailed on all superstitions. It has dawned on me that, and in and, and jinxes and things like that. You know, so, so if you say, "Wow." What a beautiful day. Right. Oh, dude, don't say that. You know, we got a party today or whatever. It's gonna, I, I've realized that, that in uh, in logic that whatever I have said or done has absolutely zero consequences whatsoever on the outcome of the weather, of a sporting event, and all these. I mean, it's nothing. Nothing at all. So I've, I've realized it, and I don't care about it anymore. All right, do you so, do anything that in any way you think is a ritual that... It comes to mind. Nothing like for example, comes you're... to mind right now. I, I have had many in my yeah, life, absolutely, yeah. but I've just kind of bailed on them. I, if, if if I come up with something, I will let you know. I mean, I Chances don't. Are there's still something lingering well, that I do and don't even really think about what's it. What's the difference between a ritual for you and a tradition? Because you, you end every show with Ray John, it, but that's not superstitious. No, that's no. just sort of a traditional yeah. thing. Yeah, but well, you do it every show. I want I, years ago. I just I well, I wanted a tagline. That's yeah, your okay. tagline. And there's also up. been days when you've forgotten to do it, and it didn't. Uh, your didn't career wasn't just yeah. Your career oh, yeah. wasn't. No, destroyed. that's not true. We took a huge dip in the ratings every time we forgot to say it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you've ever. <laughs> have you? He's noticed? always said. Yeah, it. yeah. No, he's he's forgotten a couple of days. Really? really? Yeah. Yeah, on a rare occasion. Rare occasion. It's, not, it's not often. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm a little superstitious. Yep. And I understand that it's ridiculous. I'm also like, all right, you're so a lot superstitious. I'm a lot. I'm I'm very super. When it comes yeah. to sports, for I'm sure. super duper stitious. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
You're uh, like, but but I mean, yeah. th- that's the way you are, and that's fine. There is something at my home, though, that I'm. It's not superstition. It's more of like an OCD thing. And the pentagram with the it candles. It's not a pentagram with candles. Uh, there is uh, like a double light switch that is in my laundry room. Okay, go ahead. And I can't have. They have to either both be turned up or both be turned down. I can't. That's OC- I think that's more OCD. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. That's what I said. I said, I said I, OCD. I do like, the same. I do the same thing as well. So. So there, there. I'm, I'm much more. I, I'm, Preston. I was thinking yesterday, and Casey to that point. Um, I'm very equalizer in, in. Um, you know, I put things down and I even them off. You know, yeah. like in, the, in, and that's he was very much that. And I, I feel weird if things aren't lined up properly. I don't like peeing in the left stall in our bathroom, and sometimes when I go in there, it like sets me off. Like I'm like, oh man. This isn't the stall that I go to the bathroom in. I've seen you take a dump in the latrine <laughs> yes. just to avoid the stall. Yeah, well, that makes sense to you, does but, it not? But now yeah. you can't find any. So your ritual is always the left stall. No, the right stall. The right stall. Okay. The right stall. And when somebody go, is going to the bathroom, I'm like, oh, man, I got to wait. Why did uh, you? Why Why that one in particular? I don't know. You don't know? Okay. I don't know, but ever since I... Because I like the right stall because the toilet sits a little lower to the ground. And uh, Oh, no, no. I'm talking about the urinal. Sorry. Oh, the urinal. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the difference. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I don't. They're both exactly the same. Wow, that's weird. Uh, let me tell you something, fresh, and okay. you can back this up. Down by the fanatic, that bathroom, yeah. the the smaller stall, uh, the toilet is way down low. I like that. And whenever you flush, if you're still, if you do a complimentary flush, you're going to get your your nuts <laughs> spray cleaned. Yeah, that the jet on that thing is so powerful. Yeah, so you got to kind of. Hoist yourself Raise up. up a little bit. Yeah. By the way, I like those smaller stalls back there. I feel like veal when I'm in those things. <laughs> yeah. I feel just kind of, I don't know. You're cozy. Well, you're cozy. Cozy, <laughs> yeah. I like it that way. Hang on a second here. I have uh, Jim runs Chester County Bamboo. And uh, we have him as our bamboo aficionado of course. online. Hi, Jim. Good morning. Preston, how you doing? It's John. Oh, I'm sorry, John. What's up, buddy? Here's the deal, man. I love the Phillies, and I love that we're going to start winning. Here's the problem. This is not bamboo. What is it? Oh, my God. It's in the Lily family. It's not a bamboo plant. Oh, so you saw a picture of it? Well, no, I saw it last night, and I saw it this morning, and I just wanted to clarify before we get on the bamboo train. You're uh, saying it's it's, 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 a, it's a lily plant? Is that what you said? That is correct. It's in the lily family. Oh, my God. They're going to lose? Yeah. Wow. Uh, interesting. I did not know that. Is By the way, real quick, John, is bamboo considered lucky? Uh, to the Asian cultures, absolutely. That would actually be black bamboo, which is Phyllostachys nigra. Okay. Is considered lucky. He knows the stuff. Yeah, so at least he's making up that. some good stuff. I, I, when I, uh, there was a... I cannot tell a lie. Okay. Understood. Yeah. I, uh, to tell you the truth, with this stupid bamboo Thanks, thing Sean. from the Phillies, I, I wish I wouldn't have known about it until maybe they win 10 in a row. Right. Well, that's right now, it's like, okay, like, are, are but we... But you got to get off the we... schneid. You got to, you have to, that's what the, the intent on this one was, was like, you, the, everything that they're doing is not working. Right. So we'll try anything to get off the losing streak. Yeah. Right. And right. this was not more about keeping the winning streak going. It was we got to try something new to get out of this losing right. streak. Breaking yeah. the losing streak. Right. But is, is this like their attempt at the, the, the Gloria. play Gloria? Yeah. yeah, totally. Absolutely. Play bamboo. And if this happens, you're going to see little bamboo gardens popping up in yards and mm-hmm. pandas, you know, all kinds of things like that. By the way, the bamboo grows like 
crazy yeah. around this area. It's it gets out of control. Well, that's why on if the West Hicken Trail, there is a, there is a a part of it where you go through and it, you're like in a bamboo forest. Yeah, really? it is super. That's what I bought my machete for. Yeah. Remember, I bought a machete a while ago. Yeah, it, it's to a, chop through it. It's a weed. My neighbor had it in his yard, but it didn't start in his yard. It started in his neighbor's yard. It just and it and it just grew over. But the, totally like, resilient when it comes to like hardwood flooring, like bamboo flooring is considered green because you're not like you know killing rainforests as a result you're okay. just you know because it, it grows like a weed you're killing so, something else okay. yeah so it, it's not actually a weed you're just calling it that because it's well, a nuisance no it grows Let's... like a weed like, but the case is right i mean if you don't put in metal um uh barriers if you if you plant bamboo in your yard if you don't put metal barriers down in the yard itself uh it'll spread it'll everywhere spread like uh, like it did into your my, neighbors and and then the neighbors neighbors maybe my neighbor, my neighbor tried had, had to bring in a like a uh a backhoe yeah. to pull out yeah. oh my god that's how deep it went and <laughs> some, that's to just take out all the land that had the bamboo on it some people will plant it uh to, to have as cover because it, it grows so thick that mm-hmm. you can use it to obscure, you know, sight lines and things like that. And to keep the lantern flies out. And that, too. <laughs> I don't know if they like them or not, but uh, it can get out of control. So they need to keep that in mind because the Phillies locker room could be a forest before we know it. Just <laughs> filled with bamboo I can't plants. find anybody. Wow. Uh, well, whatever, man. You know, listen, if, if you go back to Bull Durham, you know, there's uh, the whole thing where they talk about superstitions and he's... And he's you know, giving Annie a hard time saying, look, if you if you believe that you're winning because you're having sex or not having sex, then you are. Yeah. And that's it. And you should respect yeah. the streak. And so when it comes to players and people that are that are actually participating in these things, if they want to have superstitions and it works for them, then I'm I'm cool with that. But, bets for bets. But like me as, you know, just an observer, it's. It's to make you feel like you're a part, like you're yeah. doing something. I think, but it it, do, it has zero effect on the reality of it all. Like the it's and it starts young. Like the rally hats, you'll see professional baseball players, you know, turn their hat on inside out if they're having like a good inning or something like that. And that's you know, like my my kids' baseball team does that. You know, they'll they'll turn their hat inside out or they'll wear the hat like a shark fin or something like that. Right. It goes back to like the uh, the, the Pascal's wager, which was the uh, you know, hey. Believe in a believe in a God. He, I, this was his idea. You know, what do you what do you have to lose? You know, if if it's not true, that was his sort of thing, and that's been applied over and over to, to things like superstition. Which yeah. is, hey, what the hell? Uh, they didn't win because of the bamboo. They won because I cut my lawn yesterday and I, I did a design like the Phillies outfield. Well, thank so you. That's why they ended up winning. So, oh, yeah. so it was you that did, did you it. really? Yeah, you, you, you were did cutting your bamboo like the Phillies outfield. I'm trying, man. You mowed your lawn to to uh, to look like the infield, or no, like the outfield. So the outfield, oh, the diamond ha- cut. Yes. Oh, you did that. Well, you did your own little field Sorry. of dreams. I tried to do that. It didn't turn out the way I envisioned it in my mind. Doesn't look bad. I never could figure out how to do it. Yeah, I, I'm just you know I'm having a little bit of fun with my front yard. He loves mowing. He's he, 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 I do. You get so excited for mowing. He's I a do. mower. Yeah. I'm a mower. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, Casey. It's I, a great day for a mow. <laughs> what a day for a mow. <laughs> We're gonna go off and mow. I uh, I had the opposite experience. I, I told you this off air, Casey, but <laughs> Preston, I didn't tell you my uh, I was cutting the grass yesterday as well. The left front uh, wheel broke as I was cutting the grass. So I had three functioning wheels and one non-functioning. And I was about... So what is the design like? Oh, it's great. Yeah, it looked just like the uh, Philly Center Field. It looks like a Venn diagram. It Basically, I was uh, pushing... I had, to, I had to hold the mower up like this with both hands because it was dripping down the dipping down on the, on the left front side. It was uh, it was just such a giant pain in the ass. Have you guys seen the... Uh, what is it? Husqvarna? 
Huskabarna. Yeah, which is the uh, basically the the uh, they had Roomba, Roomba for yeah. your uh, for your lawn. Oh, yeah, 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 I told yes. you guys when we went to Sweden, they were all over the place. Oh, that's right, that's yeah. right. And they, they wanted are to they worth the damn? that, and they never they ended up uh, not uh, offering. The, yeah, they were great. You basically now said you need, you need a kind of a flat yard. Yeah, yeah a regular, yard is... and a regular yard wouldn't be good for it. But you're basically the same way you sort of lay out like a uh, like a, a perimeter, right, with a wire. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, while we were there, I think I think it was my son Carter gave the the mower a name because. It was just out there. It was a little bot. Yeah. It was, just, it was almost like the thing that cleans the bottom of your pool, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just out moving all the time. Yeah, so... And it, it goes back to its own little docking port. Goes when it, out. When, it, when it's running low on, on battery power. Yeah. And, Charges itself back up and starts all over again. Yeah, yeah. my yard's not right. And then for it, it. Be, then it begins to uh, not like you. Yeah, <laughs> and then it plots against you. Do you have a Roomba? I, I have. A, it's it's another company that is. Um, that is really uh, focuses in on pet, you know, for pets. And yeah. on, here's the deal, though. With any of those things in the house, if you have a pet that it periodically throws up or, I don't know, eats the ass out of a mouse, <laughs> um, uh, then it's going to run over that and oh, we'll spread that and smear that. That's not cleaning it, is that's it? That's not actually, that's exacerbating right. the issue. So after a while, even though they were awesome, if you're walking around having to do like you're you're a guard at Shawshank before lights out, it's not worth it. I was looking at uh, Steve. I think maybe you bought one of these, but one of those interchangeable chargeable systems, so you can charge your mower, you can charge your oh, leaf blower, and charge your weed whacker. They're expensive. I works. It, okay, is that yeah. what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that'll be my next mower because they're terrible. They get awful gas mileage, um, and then just I hate filling up the gas tank all the time. You got to see me. I got my. I got all my stuff. I got my equipment out there. My leaf blower, and they all use these these batteries. And yeah, how's the charge? It's pretty good. All right, it looks good. <laughs> I have a. Uh, a battery-powered uh, weed whacker, and that actually works fine. I, I get an entire yard out of it, and then I'm good. It's a Ryobi, though. We had the... That's fine. Another good... Yeah. We were talking about, though, <laughs> when you get one of these things, it's like... I, I think, Preston, we've talked about this. You get a tool... You're like a man. Whoa. Well, some of it can be fun. Uh, it's uh, the whole uh, Tim Allen thing, yeah. you know? If you're not doing it for a living, right, and you're only doing it, like, once a week... So I, I bought a, a, a pressure washer... I trimmed that. ...in the beginning of the summer. Well, I, actually, I guess mid-spring, and I loved power washing. It was so much fun. I, you know, I got, yeah. like, a retaining wall, some siding. I had to get some glue up. <laughs> Do you yeah. hear me say glue? Wow. <laughs> 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 so how's that power washing feeling now? I, I love you it. Still love it. I, I'm still at a point where I'm okay. like, yeah, this is pretty. You're still on the honeymoon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Use it as a water pick now. And by the way, can I just tell people um, the pressure's really, really high, and it can cut your finger off. I found out the hard way. <laughs> yep. When it, I was uh, like 19 years old, I was like, it effing hurts. Yeah, what this feels like. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The same thing that's that's blowing. Encrusted dirt <laughs> off concrete. Yeah, we'll rip can, your skin. Can rip off. your skin off. Yep, yeah, it's definitely strong enough to do that. So keep that in mind. Speaking of uh, ripping your skin off, I saw this story. Women spend seven weeks of their lives washing their faces and applying moisturizer. Oh. Now, now, around what time of year is this? No, this isn't. This is their entire. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought How it was one concentrated effort. Seven weeks of your life is is spent uh, yeah. washing. So basically, I'd, two months. I'd say more for me. 
More for you. I wash my face all the time. Really? I used to, and you know, when I did um, traffic on NBC 10, I would uh, go to work in the morning, like 2.30 in the morning. I'd come home in the middle of the day and then have to go in the afternoon again and do the split shift. And I would not keep my makeup on for that time in between because I was so worried about uh, just like, you know, getting zits and blemishes. And And wouldn't you look like, like, sort of like... Was like such a long time. Yeah, you I look did my horrible. makeup at two thirty in the morning, and then you got to go on the air at four I don't. p.m. This is going on in traffic. <laughs> yeah, I cannot listen in, in my Velma with the traffic. In my day of uh, you know, in college and and drinking and all that and passing out, um, I still every single night remember to wash my face, and if I didn't, it was like that's amazing. Oh, that, that Kathy, that that makeup for television, and whenever we've had it on. You feel like you're cooked. It's like mortuary makeup. Yes, I swear yes. to God. It's a lot of coverage. Yeah, yeah it can uh, be thick. Especially so, with high-def TV now. You know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about how when you showered, uh, do you actually wash your legs? Do you yes. wash your, your entire body? And yes, I do wash my legs. But you know what? I rarely wash my face. I really? Re- yeah. I wash my... Uh, you, don't, you don't just rub water on your face and... Not with soap. And, and oh you have a loofah, though. You loofah everything. Yeah, but that loofah is, like, pretty far up my ass crack, so I don't want to Do you rub start my with it up with... your ass crack? No, I finish start with it Start with your face and then move into your ass crack. <laughs> you don't know the progression? Uh, no, I don't, I don't really wash my face either. Now, when you shave, though, um, shaving cream all... is essentially soap. Yeah. Uh, so there's some cleaning properties to that, and when you eventually wipe it all down, you do you are rubbing it all over your Wait, face. So you I just guys... rub it all in all over my face, <laughs> and, <laughs> in my chin, and up in there. Call yourself so a bitch. You, you don't put soap on your face; you just run water over it. Yeah. What do you do? I See? I I don't use. I use water. And uh, even on your head too. Yeah. Just water, no soap. I don't use soap. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because he's he's bald, so he doesn't. Yeah, obviously. I use the cleansing waters uh, of uh, my. <laughs> My uh, my uh, special faucet there, you know, the one that makes love to me every Nick, time you, I shower. You have to wash your face. Oh come on, <laughs> yeah. you do, right? I wash every inch right, of my. Okay, I wash right. my legs, my feet, no, my I face. Do, my I butt do crack. wash. I just don't. I don't like. I don't like soap. I use soap for my butt crack. I don't use the loofah. I heard that just using regular water is a is a better thing than using. You know, like really bars. Yeah. Water, water actually has cleaning properties right. to it. I did, I've read that years ago, and I believe it. And, and that you don't have to fully. Foam your entire body up to get clean. Look at me. What do I have to yeah. clean? By the way, uh, women okay. women not only spend. I'm sorry, Casey, but uh, women spend seven weeks of their lives washing their face and four weeks of their lives exfoliating. Mm. Mm. All right, so you're adding. So the exfoliating, I would consider that part of the face washing process. No, no, right? there's like specific products that kind of have like a, a grisly feel to them um, that will, yeah, exfoliate. Like emery boards. The, yeah, well, not that, not that much, but yeah, it will take off the dead skin or the dead cells, I guess, on your face. So what? What's your evening ritual as you're as you're prepping for uh, bed? Is it a multi-tier process? Uh, well, it depends on it, you know. Usually, if I go to the gym, then I shower earlier and um, you know will wash my face then and all that. But sometimes, if I put on the uh, lotion after I shower, like if my face feels dry, yeah, then before I go to bed, I have to wash that off. Do you okay. lotion up your boobs every night, or <laughs> at what point do you take yeah. your panties off? Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus. they never come off. Um, hey, by the way, hot glued on. Is, is Matt Cowper still in the green room? Because that guy washes and exfoliates and moisturizes his face. All the time. Uh, I don't know if he's still he's doing it right is. now with the hot dog. He, he, he can't hear you because he's talking though. Do you oh, want him to come in here? Yeah. yeah. Wait, he's talking. I know it's no. shocking. Marissa, can yeah. you have Cowper come in here, please? Because Casey he wants to ask him about his uh, cleaning, his man grooming, his regimen. Um, and not only this, so uh, women spend seven weeks of their lives washing their face, four weeks of their lives exfoliating, and they also spend six weeks of their lives applying moisturizer. 
and they spend three minutes per day doing so and three days wearing face masks total. Do you do the face mask thing? Um, yeah, so I will do that. I have one that I can do at home. Um, so like the Wolfman? I will do that. Uh, but I, I'll wash my face in the morning and then at night is like, Absolute must. I have I have a picture. My my wife and daughter take a little. They'll do this the little ladies bath thing. Right, yeah. They yeah, put yeah. the bath bomb on and all that stuff, and and they'll put the mask on. And I came in one day, Steve, and it looked they looked like Leatherface. Really? I mean, it was scary. Do I frighten you? It looks like their skin is peeling <laughs> off of their face. I'll find a picture. Look took, what you've done to me. I took a picture of it. Uh, Matt Kelper is here from our what sales department. Up? Hey, dude. What up? Casey, what up? You're, you're a very well-groomed individual. Wednesdays usually are uh, the bathroom day I can because I can smell your products. After. This week will be Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you exfoliate? Do you uh, use do. moisturizer? I do. Uh, so I clean my face twice a day. Really? Um, I use this Neutrogena product to, uh, it's a soap product that's supposed to be really good for your skin. All so right. you don't get acne and those but you, types of things. That's you work out in the morning, right? Yeah, I yeah. usually work out like around 5.30 in the morning. Okay. 5.15, 5.30, depending. Um, but I use this uh, skin cream that's really good. Um, it helps with wrinkles. It keeps your, I guess, your face Fresh and young, fresh, fresh young, like, it's a, called, like yeah, a college coed. Yeah, it's called uh, Revision Skincare. It's got a vitamin C, like a high dose of vitamin C in it. It's really good. for We know it by its commercial name, Nutella. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but you, you also, you, so, but, and you, you like. I mean, so the pro. Do you actually like the process? Do you like the whole? Yeah. Okay, all right. Before you go to bed, how long is the process? Uh, five minutes. Okay. Ish. So, Kathy, how long is your process before you go to bed? Before I go, well, but see, I, I will shower, um, like I said, earlier in the day, usually after the gym. So, just doing the face and stuff like that, probably only five minutes as well. Right. By the way, I can actually smell Matt from over here. You just smell you, clean. But here's the I key. can smell it coming here, from over here. Here's the key. They say not, they say actually showering is bad for you. Like, yeah, showering. I know. They they actually suggest you should shower like once every like two, three days. Yeah. Casey's been telling us that for years. I shower, you, yeah. I shower twice a day. Which which probably is not good for the skin. I can't. But. I die though if I if I feel that I'm offending in any way, odor wise, <laughs> and I have to feel clean. I and, and here's only, what I do. I, I I shower every morning. It's part of my waking up thing. So before whether, you go go, yeah, before I go go, <laughs> and then I work out uh, midday when I get home. And instead of doing a full redo, full on shower. I just get in the shower and I hose off. I just, just water, strictly water, and I'm fine. I don't yeah. smell that or anything. I just get the sweat off of me and cool down a little bit so I don't continue sweating. How I'm- often a day do you bidet? Because now I do it. I don't have a day at all. Well, yeah. I think it's the soap. It's uh, it's like the soap that dries your skin out. Because yeah. I don't use soap when I shower. So Am I, is that okay? Putting water on you, i got to imagine, has zero effect but on it. But I, I don't care. I, I will use soap every single time. I sometimes shower twice a day as well. And I will get out, and I love feeling clean. Like, I'll actually... Oh, I- I you know this. what's really good to use? And I, I love myself. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I don't. I don't use like regular soap or even like the Dial gel soap or whatever you call that stuff. I use this tea tree oil soap. Oh my god! Which is supposed to be a really good for your skin. It avoids like any sort of funguses and bacteria and what things. Is this? It wow. removes all like odors and smells from your body. It, it's amazing stuff. I get it online and it's phenomenal. There's oh, some Texas that are saying that Matt's just like uh, Christian Bale in American Psycho. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just saying the same. I, mean, not, I would make not, fun not of you, bad. but you're already <laughs> making fun of yourself, Matt. <laughs> right, he, he, but it, it works. I He's Reaction, I found the picture of my wife and daughter with their, uh, their masks <laughs> on their faces. Wow, that not look that, like something out of a horror it film? Really yeah, it looks is, like. It is. 
You know what they look like, Preston? They look like from Saw. Yes. Jigsaw. Jigsaw. I came in and saw that. I'm like, I have to leave. It's terrifying. But (laughs) it's all part of the beauty regimen. Absolutely. Uh, And And eventually that dries and falls off, right? Women also spend nine days, this is of their lives, nine days plucking their eyebrows and ten days painting their nails. So, man. So, I would assume that you're... A guy who's as attentive to his uh, hygiene and, and his outward appearance as you are, you're you're probably in that realm, right? I mean, you, Kathy's your time your time spent at night is similar to Matt's. Yeah, it is. Right. So I uh, I dodged a bullet the other day because I had to. My eyebrows were getting out of control, so I I have like a little razor that I use, <laughs> uh, trimmer. And it usually I has use the, trimmer too. I yeah. do I do the yeah I do my eyebrows, and it has a guard on it, yep. and I just assumed. <laughs> That the guard was on it. Oh, oh no. no! Did you trim him too short, dude? Kathy, I am so lucky that I didn't go all the way down to full the matrix. Yeah, like I yeah. normally do with with the guard, because I did my left eyebrow without even realizing it, and then it wasn't until oh I got god. to my right eyebrow. I was like, oh my god, the guard's not on here. Oh, um, I have it on vanilla ice. <laughs> I have it on the vanilla ice setting. There are people who could do this for you, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No, I can do it myself. I just, I took the guard off. I can't remember why I took the guard off, but I did. And I, I mean, I, because re- normally if I have the guard on, I, I just, you know, you put it right always, down my, yeah. make sure the safety is on. Oh my God. I did that one time with, uh, with my razor, but I, I, there's a guard on there and it's, it's an adjustable guard. So you yeah. can set it from zero, you know, all the way up to seven or eight or whatever it is. And I, I was going to do my face, and I shaved half my mustache off. I didn't realize it was set on zero. Oh, no. And then you just got to shave the whole damn thing off. That's the, the glory of having no eyebrows or no hair whatsoever. It's just you, you, you never screw up. Yeah. It all comes off all the time. I mean, honestly, I wish I did take care of myself the way, you know, Calper does. And, you know, maybe not to that extent or whatever. But it's just, it just takes up too much time. You're saying like seven and a half weeks? You know how much sleeping I could be doing with that? Well, listen, you you need, a, a, obviously, an inordinate amount of time to be pounding that loofah up your ass. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's part of the process where for did, you. Where did you get this from, Matt? Is this any of your siblings or your parents or anybody have this trait? Gum gum? No, if you've, Just, if you've ever met my dad, and I think Casey has maybe once or twice, he's like the total, like, guy's guy. Yeah. Like, he is Dude. Just, yeah, he's like, you know, blue collar. Yeah. Just Not yeah. like you. No, no, I just... Hey, brothers, this my face mask I have, a, I have right. a sister that's four years older than me, and I probably have more products than she does. <laughs> what about your wife? Who has more products in the bathroom, you or your wife? Um, well, Carrie, I mean, Carrie, you know Carrie. Yeah, right? she's great. She, I mean, she takes good care of herself, but yeah. I probably have more products than <laughs> she does as well. Uh, I don't... I don't awesome. Listen, <laughs> I, awesome. I, you're not a... There's no I'm reason. 40, listen, I'm 44 years yeah. old. The ultimate compliment you can have is when you meet somebody for the first time and they say, you're 44 or, oh, my God, you look 30 or you look 35 or you look 36. Like, the ultimate compliment you can get is when somebody tells you you look younger than what you really do. I thought you never would be the guy that's like, oh, you're 44. You look like you're six. All right. So who, who, out of me, Nick, and Cowper, who looks the oldest? Because we're all the exact same age. Nick is freshly, uh, fairly freshly. I look younger shaven. when I shave. Yeah, yeah, um, you do. You look like yeah. I'm used facial to hair makes you look a little bit older, I think. So yeah. I would say right now, Nick, I look the oldest, the youngest, the youngest. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I have a baby face. Well, thank you, man. The cutest little baby face. It's been sick. (laughs) It has been sick. It's been totally (laughs) sick. Yeah. I love you guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
That is um, a, that's a that's a that's a peek into the world of uh, Matt Cowper preparation. You tell me when I should wrap up this segment uh, because I do have one other thing I can get to here. We can play with that for a second. All right. So speaking of all this beauty, what is sorry, just the I know it's not like you want to touch my uh, <laughs> immature my genitalia. Well, I'll just play this for. Just take play. that out and tug on it a little bit. <laughs> Let me play with myself for a second. Broke it up and down. For yeah, yeah. Do you guys mind if I play my, myself for the next few yeah. minutes during yeah. this particular just segment? Just gonna roll around on this for a little bit. Tug on it. Kiss it, too. <laughs> you know. Right, Kev? Yeah. It's, part, it's yeah. before you go to bed, right? Uh-huh. But when you kiss it, go make the yeah. sound first. You got My little soldier. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. What a horrible uh, thing. What are you doing? I would kiss you all day today. <laughs> Case. Wait. You know, you know, at some point, you've tried. Never. Because, because I knew... It's a losing battle, man. Tried. Go get one. Bring me one of the hot dogs. Oh my god! (laughs) So can I tell you the other day? uh, I had a, a weird work dream where I hated Nick so much. What happened? Because it was revealed in the dream. Because he looked so young. It was revealed in the dream that he had a 13 inch penis, and I was like, "That is bull ass." I was so mad. So mad. I was like, 13 inches. Come on, man. Casey. There you yeah. go. There's, there's Nick for you. It's got to be at least 12 right here. <laughs> if I had that, I would totally try. <laughs> <laughs> you would totally try what? Kissing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you kiss it? See? Yeah, yes, yes. You can totally kiss it. Get this on video. Hang I'm on. sure. I <laughs> love this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> honestly. Wow. Honestly, sorry, I had to suck on it for a second. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's a hot dog. It's, a hot it's dog. delicious. It's a hot dog. It's yeah, yeah. What, what else? Sausage, probably right. Yeah, yeah. Sausage. Yeah. It's delicious. Right. Things gigantic. How big is that? Foot long. Twelve inches. That's what I thought. So, so Nick's got that big yeah. yeah. just, just one got an extra inch. Nick. Casey, by the way, <laughs> nothing to be angry about. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> Let's I, hang out with me twice. I was going to move on to something else. <laughs> All this beauty talk. Oh. <laughs> then we got into self-pleasuring. Uh, this happened actually on Friday. They had the 31st Annual World's Ugliest Dog Contest. Oh. And uh, Scamp the Tramp ended up winning that. Uh, but it's lovingly. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I know. Some, there are some dogs that are ugly cute. You know, like some bulldogs have that kind of ugly, adorable face. I, I think they're adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, too. I dated a girl whose dog uh, had a terrible... <laughs> I was going to say, I dated a girl who won this contest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she had Her a dog... Her tongue hung out. This is so happy to see you. Oh, my God. This is so happy to see you. So, anyway... Uh, she loved this dog so much, and I had heard about him. It was one of these other dogs? Ever. Yeah. Steve, he had a terrible skin problem. So, it, 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 like, I mean, <laughs> like, just a couple of, like, patches of hair and, like, dry-ass skin. And I meant to say, his, his temperament was great, but he was ugly as F. All right. Uh, and just, and didn't smell right because of his skin. And, and oh, my God. But in a bizarre way. with the thing. And, <laughs> they're, they're, be- they're beautiful in that way, though, yeah, aren't I, they? I guess. I get, well, listen. I my, can see why people are suckers for these things. My dog Hershey had a, had a bad skin issue, but not quite that bad. And I guess, you know, he was my dog. So, yeah. you know, he, he didn't gross me out as much as he probably grossed other people out. I'll tell you what, though, right. Preston, the winner of this year's, uh, I, I've seen far worse. Oh, yeah. 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 
He's got kind of matted hair. Some yeah. of them are, are bald with just little frizzes sticking out of their forehead. And, you know, they always have the tongue sticking out right. to the side. And usually the eyes are kind of funky looking. But anyhow, the owner, uh, Ivan uh, Morones, won an appearance with Scamp on the Today Show, 1500 bucks in cash. And $1,500 to donate to an animal shelter and a trophy the size of a Rottweiler. This is a little dog, by the way. And a Rolls Royce. Uh, she said, I think that the audience saw uh, his beautiful spirit and everything he's given back to the community. Scamp makes volunteer visits to school children and a local senior citizen center as well. Uh, the what the s- hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> right? They Kill have, it! They have no inner dialogue. What is that? <laughs> It's horrible. <laughs> There's a rat. You can't bring that to a senior citizen. No. Kill it. I thought there were going to be kittens. I got the prostate the size of a softball, and you're bringing that thing in here. I'm pissing blood looking at this thing. Uh, the street dog from Compton was rescued by um, oh, it's got a background. in 2014 after she spotted him on Pet Finder. And Scamp beat out 18 other contestants who showed off their droopy tongues, bowed legs, perpetually confused looks, and other strange attributes. Uh, The contestants got to walk the red carpet and preen for adoring fans at Sonoma Marin Fairgrounds in the heart of Northern California wine country. One of the former winners of this was from this area, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember. In fact... I think they brought the dog. They by brought the, the dog yeah. in. Yes, yeah. it, was that was back at Y one hundred. Y one hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're cute. They're cute. <laughs> they their stupid own way. tongue hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just something adorable. Yeah. I, I love those. Those the mush, like the boxer face and all that stuff. Yeah. And you know, yeah. they're great. Yep. Uh, so there new- isn't that wide a variation in people though. If you stop and think about, like in the canine world, there's there's trem- also massive size differences. Yeah. Imagine if 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 there was a corollary between. There was a, uh, a a human the size of a chihuahua and a human the size of a St. Yeah, Bernard. Good point. Yeah, yeah. 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 We don't have that. Oh, yeah, that's my brother. He's 21 feet tall. Yeah. I don't know. So you see things on the Internet, and you're like, okay, is this real or is this not real? And right. I, maybe I'm in, I'll get embarrassed by asking this. But I saw a video yesterday of a fish. Eating a, a cow? No, it had a human face on it. Did you guys see this? Oh, there, there are ones like a blobfish that look somewhat human. Okay. Right. Is that what you're talking mm. about? Sort of a gelatinous face that um, with a uh, sort of no, a proboscis like looking thing? No, it was an actual human face on it. No, not no? quite like that. Um, oh, no, that if you remember Rosario when Donald. the Silver Surfer lost his surfboard in that movie and he yes. turned like blackish? Yes. That's kind of like what the fish look like. Yes. Is this it? Is that I real? I don't think that's real at all. <laughs> Are you for real? Oh Let me my see God! What I didn't. I didn't Steve, hang there long enough. <laughs> Jesus, Casey. Listen, listen, listen. We're looking on at it with a on a big screen, and it's a still photo. <laughs> looking at this, okay, Casey. Really? It's ridiculous. You know, it looks like it actually looks more like. Uh, you remember in the abyss when the. Uh, yes! Yeah. yeah, the, the thing uh, turned in. It had a face, face in on it. the water column. Yeah. Okay, listen. In my defense, <laughs> well, that, but, but you, it's so so seldom you can tell the 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 attitude of a fish, and he seems pretty happy. He All does. Right. He seems actually. He's got, got some swagger. It he looks, looks like a little, little bit little like Satchmo, game. Preston. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I see sky as blue. Oh my god. Okay. Wow. I saw this on Twitter on my phone yesterday. Why wouldn't you believe that, yeah, that a fish exactly. had a fully formed human face? And so it was a much, much <laughs> smaller screen. So it wasn't as um, uh, pronounced 
as this well, picture here I, in the did, studio. Weren't the glasses a tip-off? I, I hate this. I hate this culture now, where you see these things now, and, and you you guys have all seen it. People oh, yeah. reposting things, um, uh, like with the immediacy, uh, uh, just as quickly as they possibly can, without even taking a moment to take a real good hard look as to whether this is real or not. And it's and all, the thing goes for faith quotes and stuff like that too. It's, it's only begun. I oh, I know. It's only begun because of deep fakes. Right, well, so yeah. now when videos start to just, pop up that are just absolutely uh, built digitally. Uh, it's going to get ten times worse. Yeah, what case? All right, so uh, just watch the 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 video that I saw because it wasn't like that, and I and it was like just like eight seconds, and then I went, and I'm like, well, that's weird, and then I I went on to the next thing. Um, it's a video, so is the fish singing? Christ, no, <laughs> Hello, but it's, my baby. Hello. it's moving, and it's you know, come on. But that I believe. It's that, not, that I'm buying. It's not as ridiculous, right? It's well, still but ridiculous. the face is a is, hey. is literally a fully formed human face. What are you looking at? <laughs> He's like, hey, put me back in now the Now, mind you, if someone can prove this is actual, then that's uh, you know, then you will have the last laugh. Case. You will have the last laugh. There's, it looks like Japanese writing at the base of it. Yeah, yeah. Why does that uh, add credence to these things? Because all this crap happens in Japan, right? So you're yeah. like, oh my goodness, there's Asian characters attached to this thing now. It Where did Godzilla come from? Right. Yeah. He's like, I can't breathe. They have a giant <laughs> moth over there. <laughs> of course, you have a fish that looks like Satchmo. Yeah. Here, there's people. Some of the texts are coming in. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. It was fake. Yeah, that was like the guy that has a motorcycle bottom instead of legs. <laughs> have you seen that commercial? No, no, oh, he, he's yeah, a motor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah motor yeah. instead of a centaur. <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> I saw it on TV. It has to be real. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The Purina National Dog Show is Saturday and Sunday at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. If I've done my math correct, and I may have done it incorrectly, but our guest has been hosting this for 17 years. We'll find out if that number is correct or not. Please welcome the one and only Mr. John O'Hurley. Yeah. Too nice. Morning. Thank you very much. Joy to be here. This is actually year number 18. 18. 18. Yes, if you're counting. <sighs> we have talked over the years about this and spoken about the event. Is it still, John, I believe, one of the single most viewed events on television, if not the most viewed during, viewed during the course of the year? I would say next to Super Bowl, the National Dog Show presented by Purina is number one. <laughs> it's it's, it's 30, uh, roughly 32 million people watch it. It's, it's staggering, the number. And it goes up. Here's the odd thing. It goes up every year. Yeah, yeah. And, and when everything else is a slow descending spiral, including my career. <laughs> <laughs> this seems to be kind of working against uh, gravity. You are a fan of uh, of. Uh, Canines, and uh, we are. Both, this is a big pet city. It used to have a bad reputation, and and it's it's turning around. A lot of great charities. I'm doing an, an animal charity event tomorrow, uh, and uh, 
So here's a perfect place for it, and I think that's probably uh, part and parcel of the increase in the audience. I think more and more people are are letting their their pet fandom yeah. shine. Yeah, you know? Exactly. And also, you know, it's a wonderful, the Kennel Club of Philadelphia is just a wonderful partner in this. That we, they've, they, since they've licensed the show to NBC as the National Dog Show, over these uh, 18 years, they've been extraordinary to us. And it's been wonderful to watch it grow, not only as a television event, but as a... You know, as a live event, uh, if, and I would recommend anybody with uh, kids and the family bring them on down to the uh, expo center there uh, this weekend, especially Saturday for the taping of the show. It's uh, it's just it's, it's a, a great venue. Event. We we have we have we have a uh, you know we have a lot of events there, and it's just it's perfect for this. It sure is. Yeah. Oh, and this this is one of the last bent, remaining benched shows, which means that the dogs, the owners, the handlers, everybody has to remain. Uh, on property all day long so oh. that you can walk up and down the aisles. There's 2,000 of the top dogs in the country and representing, uh, I think we have 196 breeds, different wow. breeds. Uh, there. Wow. Mm-hmm. So 18 years of hosting this, how good have you gotten at uh, spotting the winner? Uh, Picking the winner. The uh, I, I've gotten much better. Have you? Much be- well, you know, it's you get so this, that means uh, you're betting on it now. <laughs> it is, right? uh, I have uh, you have this unconscious database where you remember, uh, you know, you'll see a golden retriever and you go, "That is the best golden retriever I've seen in 18 years." Wow, so, you know, it, it, and uh, uh, so I'm getting a little bit better. At you, it. you know what's great too is that, the, and I, I, I we've discussed this before that that this is sort of a step off from best in show, where the mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, okay, let's let's continue this and let's actually do this. And uh, and you 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 bring a uh, your your natural uh, wit and sensibility to the presentation. Well, it allows me to say some of the stupidest things I've ever said on television. <laughs> the, fir- the first year when they brought the old English sheepdog up to the judge, right. um, and the old English sheepdog happens to be eighty pounds of hair and two pounds of actual dog. <laughs> they brought her up. They brought the uh, the, the sheepdog up, and um, and this elegantly gowned woman, the the judge, walks around to the back of the dog, and she starts p- picking up all of the hair and putting her hands all over the back of the dog. And I turned to David Fry, my co-host. I said, David, can you explain what she's doing? He says, John, she's putting her hands on the dog <laughs> to make sure that make sure that the shoulders and the hips align with the written specification of what the perfect old right. English sheep dog should be. He said, mm-hmm. because you can hide a really bad dog with a really good haircut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, you're telling me I went to junior prom. And it, gets, and it gets worse. She walks around to the front of the dog and then she starts picking through all of the hair on the head yeah. of the dog. And I said, David, what is she doing now? He says, John, she's trying to find the eyes oh, uh, to gauge the attentiveness of the dog. And I said, really? I said, well, if she picks through all of that hair and she finds only one eye, she's got the wrong end of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact they let you do that, uh, that you know, that and obviously uh, I think people are looking for that that sort of uh, that sort of approach. You know, those Christopher Guest movies like A Best in Show, they they show the, the quirkiness of any group of people. Uh-huh. And I'm sure that the dog shows has their, uh, theirs as well. It and, does. And I'm sure you've seen it's, all types of characters over know, the years. It's, it's like curling in Canada. Right. Yeah, you know, right, I mean, yeah. the people that are curlers just travel around in groups. You it's, know, what it's, a, it's what they do. It's what they do. And, you know, it's what's interesting about uh, the dog show is that in order to um, host the dog show, they have to consider all of the RVs that are parked out in the lots. Yeah. That, I mean, they have to consider that, in the, which is why when you look for an arena to do a show, not every arena can support it because mm-hmm. of the number of RVs. People, they live in their RVs. The, a lot of them are semi-retired or retired, and this is what they do. They take their dogs it's, it's a It is an event that is surrounded by a culture, that's surrounded by a lifestyle, mm-hmm. and, it, and, it, and it's... 
again, anything of this nature, even things that I'm not particular, I don't drink yet. I'm into uh, the wine culture and and what goes into people who are aficionados and and, and who enjoy this stuff. Let me get this straight. <laughs> You don't drink, and yet you're into the wine. That is, talk about (laughs) self-torture. I know. Uh, But I I love people who are engaged. I love when people are engaged by something. I Mm. I feed off that. I like to see that. Preston uh, plays golf. Uh, and uh, and uh, I don't, but I uh, the the culture of golf fascinates me. Mm-hmm. You know, so so in this case, I am I am a dog owner. I love dogs, uh, and and so this this whole thing. But people who get that into it, the minutia, all of that stuff, has your has your um, has your own interest and participation because you you are a dog owner yourself. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, has that increased exponentially, or did it in fact mitigate it? After all this? <laughs> well, no. I mean, I still love. I mean, yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love dogs absolutely love dogs and I'm a kinder man and a gentler man with a dog in my lap I've written that many times but uh but you know I I the the dog show world itself is not something that attracts me personally okay. I don't think I would get into it it doesn't uh, I I enjoy the spectacle of it and right. I enjoy certainly and certainly from a hosting standpoint uh I really enjoy it very much but uh but it's it's good for the one or two days a year that we do it I have additionally I have the uh the uh, Beverly Hills Dog Show now that we right. do on NBC, and we have that in uh, early uh, uh, early April. Now. Compare and contrast the uh, the uh, the one, Beverly Hills Dog Show. One, I would say that the the Kennel Club of Philadelphia is a little bit more stricter of a of of, of a of, of a dog show, it's right. an Eastern style show. But then you have uh, you know when you get out into La Laville, there you know we more kinda, Botox. Well, we, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, a lot of plastic surgery on the yeah, dogs, yeah. big, big, you know, a lot of implants. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we have. A, we, I think we we have a little more fun with it out there, and it's it's, uh, it's kind of celebrity driven. Right, and, right. Uh, yeah, so we have a little fun with it. So. John, I wanted to ask you about your your book, The Perfect Dog. I understand there was a theater production last night. Uh, that's correct. Yep. Okay, and how was that? Was that fun last night? Oh, it's fun. You know, they've included this now the production every year um, on uh, on National Dog Show Week. They call it here now. So uh, uh, it's wonderful to see that what 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 started off as a simple poem that I wrote to my son one night. When he asked me a question, he says, "Daddy, is the dog that's best in show?" He said, "Is that a perfect dog?" And I said, well, that's an interesting question. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to answer you in a poem. And so I sat there and I wrote this ode to the perfect dog. And it talks about all the elements of the what the perfect dog would have. Right. And then, uh, But it ends with the phrase, the dog that is perfect is the one next to you. Mm. And, uh, and well he, said. And he has, uh, but in his case, it was a little stuffed puppy. <laughs> and so he, um, he he says to me last night over the phone, because he was not here, unfortunately, starring in Mary Poppins out there in his, uh, his school, his oh. seventh grade, uh, or actually it's the high school production, yeah. but he's one of the kids in the production, so he's out there. But he said, Daddy, I want you to let everybody know that this is the first musical in the world that was inspired by a stuffed animal. <laughs> yeah. I said, there we go. Thank John, I'm so, I'm so glad you mentioned your son. My son is also in seventh grade, and uh, I, I had dogs growing up. I have two younger brothers. Um, my son has two right now, and it's really taught him to be a responsible young man. It, it, it takes work to own a dog, and mm-hmm. it takes work to clean up after them and walk them, but it, he's, a, he's a better kid 
because of the dogs in the house. Oh, I agree. And, and our, he, our, our son, you know, we got these dogs just about the time that he was an infant. So I would also say that was not a good idea because yeah. the dogs are always bigger than and they're, are bigger than the child. And they're always, you know, they're not as playful. You know, they're, they, 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 you grow up scared. Yeah. Of the sure. Dog. You don't want yeah. that. There, there, though, though, and I say this all the time. And, and as you know, we have, we have nine cats. We have a dog. We, you know, we, we, uh, we, you know, we're going to start doing senior dogs, you know, as, as we start to move along and, and bring those into the house but you never hear you never hear you know uh john wayne gacy um was just cherished his kittens you know it was <laughs> it's never it's never that it's always there if you if you if you don't respect animals you don't respect you're not going to respect people you're not going to mm-hmm. respect that life and you never see that it's never in the bio of someone who's gone way off the rails yeah, yeah. that they were wonderfully altruistic to animal causes it was never the case <laughs> so i wanted to ask you because obviously and I, I was telling you as you were coming in i've been in sort of a youtube thing i told preston about it about watching these outtakes of shows seinfeld obviously as, as peterman and, and and you know a classic character but you were responsible for a number of the the the, the, the best segments um, and they usually involve Elaine, and there was the one with the uh, that I just think is one of the funniest freaking things to watch is her trying to keep it together uh, with the episode that involved the urban sombrero, mm-hmm. and, and the pitch has been made to you, and and you are questioning her decision on bringing this uh, uh, George in on this uh, on this uh, uh, this pitch, and 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 you just say in your classic you know mellifluous way. You know, Elaine, why would you, why would you bring, and she loses it over and over and it goes on and on so much so that, that by, by the end of it, you can see they're saying we're, we're, you're spending a lot of money <laughs> as you're this trying is, to get this, this together. Is, this is precious network time. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and you, you, at all, at most you crack a grin, uh, you know, uh, but otherwise you are, you are spot perfect every time and she cannot get it together. There, How often did that happen? Well, there, I mean, let me put it this way. I can see, uh, going back on a couple of the episodes, I can see my right lip starting to curl. <laughs> uh-huh. it, because it happened to me yeah. several times. And it would always be the monologues yeah, that I would yeah. get because they were so well written and you could just chew them up. You know what I mean? You, they were just yeah. like nice, chewy monologues. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and you tried, but you, and you found yourself laughing at yourself. And yeah. that's really bad. <laughs> well, well, you, well, I think the hardest thing to do, and we, it's the same reason I respond to uh, newscasters who get caught in the moment when they're, they're reading something that should have some even mild gravitas and it ends up they realize okay what am i what am i imparting now yeah. uh in, in that case it's 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 got to be very hard especially with writers at that level to keep it together no. did you ever in fact fully lose it oh many times okay many many, many yeah. times yeah and it was always monologue driven yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Elaine, do you have any idea what happens to a butter based frosting after six decades in a poorly ventilated british basement <laughs> I have a feeling that what you're about to go through will be punishment enough. <laughs> I love it. It is I priceless dialogue. It. You, I was reading about your history. I knew about you before Seinfeld, and I, but I forgot. Um, you had done a few Baywatch episodes, did you not? <laughs> and you had, you had played an evil yacht club owner. I really? oh, I did. I did several. You did Baywatch did nights as well. I and, and I also wow. did several episodes of Baywatch. In fact, I did get. Mouth to mouth from Pamela Anderson. <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah, really? I, uh, yeah, I was uh, there drowning on the beach there, and she was, uh, you know, 
What kind of experience? Because people don't remember. The first the show premiered on NBC, and it was a bit of a dud. Mm-hmm. Then David Hasselhoff actually purchased, I think, the rights to the show, became that mm-hmm. producer, mm-hmm. and it was one of the first syndicated shows that was kind of going across, you know, kind of bucking the trend. Oh, yeah. And then it became a juggernaut. Megan, mega hit. Yeah. yeah really and, and, and so you were, uh, and so um, uh, what was that like being around that? Because I understand that the, the beach was perpetually filthy. Uh, it was cold. Oh, it was a miserable show to do out in the Santa Monica Bay because uh, the bay was not particularly clean. Um, and uh, and you never know once they tossed you in the water what was, you know, six feet underneath you. Right, you know, I right, just right. had no idea. Uh, you know, you, saw, you see the shark fin and that's it. You know, it's, it's, gosh, I'm going to miss him. <laughs> but Pamela Anderson, at that time, she was the Oh, well, not, a, not just her, but the whole, thing, the whole cast. Oh, sure, oh sure. everybody filled out a bathing suit quite well. Yeah. <laughs> nothing like um, and, you know, nothing like a little spandex to <laughs> Did you ever have your shirt off in any of those episodes? Uh, let was me on the beach. Think about that. I don't think I did. Well, maybe I did. Okay. I know I, I know I walked into the water like Sherman's March to the Sea there and I think that's where, <laughs> But I think I was a, a, a grieving father. I think I was going into just kind of end it all. I so think you, that's you, what, you were not at that point an evil yacht club owner. No, not character? that. No, okay. that was a different character. Okay. That was a different character. Yeah, but she, yeah, they, could, they could have the same actor in for they didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> so Baywatch Nights if people uh, don't remember Preston I often laughed about this. It was this was their Hasselhoff uh, apparently X Files and things had, had, had were were popular, and he thought, well, we'll we'll do a spin on the same show, so that mm-hmm. when Mitch Buchanan was not uh, on the beach rescuing people during the day, he was mm-hmm. investigating uh, crimes and homicides. Yes. Homicides. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> also, in, but also in spandex. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what, do you remember your your? Oh, uh, not very much. <laughs> you no, know, it's it's funny. You blocked it, it, it out. It uh, yeah. Well, it, it's kind of this cultural swirl that yeah. I just kind of let go. No. I didn't. Uh, in fact, had you not reminded me of it, I'm not, uh, as you can see, I'm having this little tick now. <laughs> if you're just tuning tuning in, it's John O'Hurley who's in town for the Purina Annual National Dog Show. When you got started, when you when you decided, you know, I'm going to take a shot at acting, were you already in Los Angeles, or did you go there to do it? Or no, I, I I started in 1981 in New York City, and uh, York, okay. I was literally Broadway. Uh, uh, I studied opera and um, went into. Uh, Broadway for the first part of my career, and then from... discovered, yeah. then I discovered daytime television, and I realized that that so, was, you know, you could move the decimal point over one if right, you were on yeah. daytime. Very lucrative time in daytime, too, and uh, and I, I did, um, I, I was about uh, eight years in daytime. I did, I was the first twin brothers on daytime. Oh, <laughs> do tell. Which, uh, was, uh, which show was it? That was on a show called Loving. Loving lasted okay. until mid-90s from like, like 83 till mid-90s, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, curious story about that, because when you play twin brothers on yeah. television, they have to find a body double for you. So they searched around and they found this guy who looked approximately my height and from uh, the hair color. And my hair was jet black then. I looked like... Um, um, David Copperfield, okay, <laughs> right. my twin brother. Uh, so anyway, they found this guy, and um, he was a uh, bouncer down at the Limelight, an old uh, church that had become a nightclub. I remember that place. Yes, he would hang by the velvet rope and say, "Not going to happen for you tonight." <laughs> it was um, it was sort of a freaky. It was indeed. Place, yeah. So they found him, and during the day, he was my body double, which means they would shoot over his shoulder at me, yeah. and then flip around the other way so that I could talk to myself. I could have fist fights with myself. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) 
and uh, uh, anyway, so that's that's how that's how that went. But this guy was the worst actor in the world, and it, I would ask them, the producer, I say, please don't have him say my lines. He's driving me nuts. So they were nice and just said, you stand there, and that's all you have to do. So for about nine, there I am. Oh so, wow! So You're for right. about that nine, is, so so for about nine months. This uh, guy played my body double. Yeah. And he'd always say, well, I don't think they're going to need me anymore, so I'll go down to my dressing room because I'm working on my play. I said, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, I'm doing a, I'm, I'm working on my play. It's, it's uh, the stories of my life. You know, and I go, <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was Chaz Palminteri. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. Who, well, I was wondering. Bo- that's who my body. He was there writing uh, Bronx Tale. Bronx Tale. Oh, my God. As, so my, as my here. body doubles, yes, and he's a wonderful guy. I love Chad. And every time we wow. see him, we, we just chuckle at each other. You know, when, when he, so we, today we look nothing no, like each other. No, you wouldn't be able to. Do uh, that. Uh, um, no, but he. So we've had him, and we love that. Love yeah. that play. Love that the, the yeah. movie that uh, De Niro directed mm-hmm. and the whole thing. But I was wondering. I, don't wow. tell me this is Charles Palminteri. Uh, that's that's wild. So is soap operas are a demanding thing. I, I know that for a fact. I mean, there's yeah, it, really as the world turns. I believe is they're talking about that going off now. Well, it was all my children. I all think my children. They, I mean, right, all my children's that. off. That's well, gone. I yeah. think uh, the, the only two. I think Bold and Beautiful is still there. There's, Young and Restless is there. There's four that are still around. It oh, might really? be really. They're still days. on. Yeah. Remember they they and just the General Hospital days. They just around. canceled everybody's contract. Right. Working without a contract right mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. all my children tried to do an online, like continue it online. I was on actually. I, uh, Susan Lucci and I, who have been married four times, I think, to each other <laughs> in various in various pieces of entertainment. Um, Erica came, I right? Took, yeah. I, yeah. Yes, I came on and I took her off the air. Uh, she and I went off on our jet together. Yeah. I love her. Wow. And, and specifically because of all my children, that was and my... I will, I will tell you privately and now publicly. Okay. <laughs> The best kisser on daytime television. Wow, no kidding. Without question. Well, being on a soap opera, you get a lot of practice. We are sure (laughs) But I'm sure you encountered those who were not. Uh, Let me ask you this, and this is something that I I think everyone has wondered who has not been in a situation like this. Uh, It's got to be pleasant. Does Does it transcend... Does blood rush? Uh, 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 I'll tell you a funny story about that. So, uh, you know, the 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 set of a show is set up on is set up with several individual sets. Right. So, uh, on Loving, for instance, they had this big grand ballroom that was the center piece called the Alden of uh, the Alden right. estate, or the Alden Mansion. Right next to that was a bedroom where I am lying in bed doing a bed scene. Now I'm wearing those little <laughs> nude little panties that you wear, sure, like, that, yeah. like, that. like flesh and that's it, flesh colored. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so I'm doing the love scene, and we are going hot and bothered at it, and the scene ends, and then the cameras just go away, and then you're just kind of <laughs> left there, you know. So, but when they what they did was they went over and they did the ending shot of the show, which everybody there's this enormous black tie affair going on in the big uh, yeah. drawing room of the mansion, and the cameras are kind of floating around and catching the activity and stuff, and then they're rolling the credits over them. <laughs> well, I get up out of bed. In my nude skivvies, and I walk into the set, into the party, and I grab a glass of champagne. Oh, that's great. And I let them roll the credits over. The oh. I'm standing there, fuck ass naked. That's awesome. in, the, that's great. In, in, in the middle of the show, and, and I never said anything. 
and then they said, okay, that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I love it. Speaking yep. of rap, we're going to have to wrap shortly, so I, I wanted to get to something uh, real quick. I'm sure you're, uh, did you cut some voiceovers for our sister station, Ben FM, while you're in town? They have you do that this time around? Oh, I've been jiggy with it, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, we were curious if you might be able to do a couple of voice things for us real quick, because a little while back I had this idea, if we were to cast... WMMR, the movie. Yes. Who would play who? And we went right. down a list of people, and we had people uh, suggest, and we eventually narrowed down the cast of the WMMR movie. What celebrities would play. Exactly. And playing our program director, Bill Weston, John O'Hurley. Yeah, was exactly. overwhelming. You, you were uh, the am... overwhelming choice. Yes. Well, that's interesting. I would. I was hoping he'd have higher standards. <laughs> <laughs> he is, so to understand Bill West, and he is he he is has a, a bit of your delivery. Mm-hmm. He he is somewhere between Peterman and Ted Knight. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the, right, yeah, and that agreed. would be right, and agreed. that would be the, the deal. So so we we figured uh, we'd we'd come up actually. Steve did come up with some lines that that might be indicative of Bill. Mm-hmm. These are things that he has said in various forms. And uh, we're calling this the Bill Weston story, Soup. There it is. <laughs> Bill <laughs> hates soup. Uh, it's a long story. I didn't so a lot know- of this is very inside. Do we have any soap opera music, which would... Uh- yes. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Okay. If uh, you wouldn't mind, give us a couple of Bill Weston lines. That'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay. Preston, try to refrain from mentioning on air that you occasionally use Band-Aids. It makes you sound privileged. (laughs) I just saw the most amazing thing while driving in today. Firefighters were collecting donations at various intersections. Is that a Jewish thing? (laughs) So last night, I was jarred awake from my slumber by a horrible nightmare. Both Preston and Steve were there in the studio, sitting on horses and eating soup. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What say we file that one under? Who gives a crap? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that recently widowed quadruple amputee was a terrible guest. She didn't bring the ha-ha. <laughs> Perfect. And last one. On today's show, you had the Pope driving in a go-kart, you solved the John Bonet Ramsey case, and you raised Kurt Cobain from the dead. I'd give it a C+. <laughs> I couldn't have asked for better. My Hall God, that was absolutely yeah, perfect. Loved it, loved it. Although exaggerated, those are things that he has said <laughs> yes. to us. In various <laughs> forms. Quite well, similar. I love the idea uh, occasionally use Band-Aids. It just makes you sound <laughs> privileged. <laughs> that was a riff. Even Preston John... was simply talking about going to the doctor. <laughs> Even John picks up on that, yeah. that word. Uh-huh. Privilege. <laughs> uh, it's always great to see you. You as well. Thank you. Enjoy the dog show while you're in town. Ladies and gentlemen, John O'Hurley. MMR's Day Off on the Slopes at Jack Frost Mountain, Friday, January 10th. Look out below! Celebrate winter with the best lift ticket deal out there, along with a Pierre Robert live broadcast and a legendary happy hour with Jackson, live from E2000 Lounge. 
listen up. There's still time to save money on your lift tickets. Ski the day with us for $20 through our pre-sale. Available while supplies last or until noon on January 8th. WMMR.com has all the details. MMR's Day Off on the Slopes. Sip, ski, and be merry. Friday, January 10th at Jack Frost Mountain from JFBB. Where the snow comes first. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Our next guest is here, and uh, he is an adventurer taking some serious risks, but all in the name of science and exploration. Uh, I could go through all his accolades, but we're just going to talk to him. Uh, it's a National Geographic live event uh, called View from Above. Please welcome astronaut Terry Burt. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Nice to see you, Terry. Thanks for being here. Yeah. While you were walking up, we were saying, for a person like yourself, who's been farther than most people ever, uh, to get stuck in traffic must just be <laughs> such a joy. <laughs> welcome to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so we're, we're really stoked about having you here this morning. Um, uh, and just to, uh, give some people a little bit of background, uh, Terry has not only been the pilot of the space shuttle, the Endeavor, uh, STS-130, I think it was. It was, yep. And also, uh, you have flown on a, uh, on the Soyuz, uh, spacecraft as well, commanded the International Space Station for 200 days, uh, and also have uh, performed spacewalks as well. Did I cover all that correctly? I did, and okay. and I spent my summers in York, PA. With my York, uncle. PA. Well, okay. there you go. Learned how to ski at Jack Frost. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. so you're familiar with the area. I'm from around here, yeah. From Maryland. Okay, oh, okay. yes. Right. Uh, what, uh, Columbia? Columbia, for the most part, yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, man, all right. Uh, how, where does, where does your trajectory into space start? It started for me in kindergarten. I mean, really? literally, the first book I ever read was about space. I grew up with pictures of airplanes and rockets on the wall. So just when I was little, I wanted to do it. And um, Was there a particular a person that you you idolized? Did you, were you like a Chuck Yeager, or was there somebody that you fixated on, or just the, the entire program in general? So, of course, Neil and Buzz, you know, yeah, yeah. on the moon. Um, when I was a teenager, I read a book called The Right Stuff. It's which a masterpiece. Is amazing. Love it. And uh, actually, the night before my first launch, me and the commander watched that movie. It's and so good. <laughs> it's just amazing. Yeah. It, and in a lot of ways, it ended up describing my career. But as a kid, it really motivated me and, and also told me well, I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't born in the royal family of astronauts. You know, yeah. I didn't know I was going to grow up to do this. So, um, it was really an inspiration. So the Air Force Academy, correct? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 so you 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 get your chops there, and you move on to what is I think is 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 an amazing, terrifying, um, super cool thing. You, you become a, a test pilot. You're testing out. I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and and so you've flown in forty different plus um, aircraft. Um, and with that, there's an inherent risk, obviously, as, you, as is depicted in the right stuff when Jaeger's right. asked to 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 test out. Uh, deals, uh, you know, is is just the 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 overpowering. You know, I, I'm going to keep going, keep going. Does that overpower fear, or is you have to have fear a little bit, some kind of fear, or do you? You know, um, my uh, I, there's I, it must be a genetic defect. I think just as a pilot, I'm just not. I just don't get afraid in those situations. Thank God for the defect, because if we didn't have people like you, we would never have, you know, we'd, we'd never have those leaps forward. Right. You I, know? I think um, the most, <laughs> I was on on DC 101. You guys know the radio? Sure. Yes. Uh-huh. There, yeah. where they asked me the same question. Were you afraid of... Uh, of flying and the the airplanes and the rockets and stuff didn't didn't make me scared. It was the fear of f- 
up that <laughs> Well, we can't Screwing say that. Up. <laughs> I don't know what you can say on the yeah. Astronaut. Potty mouth. Ooh. I love it. I, I wanted to ask you this. I mean, because clearly, you know, there's going to be fear because... B- bucket list check, by the way. Yeah. 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 To curse on terrestrial. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, but but uh, in, in test piloting, and uh, you guys take precautions you 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 have step by step procedures you're going to do as you're going through to make sure that these right. these pieces of equipment <clears throat> operate the way they're intended to and mm-hmm. you really don't know until you get up there and do it mm-hmm. uh, but you do have steps that you take to ensure that you're doing it a bit at a time to see where you can take the next step um so i, I know you have those checks and balances in place one of the questions i wanted to ask about uh, about flying experimental aircraft um is steve and i have always uh, pointed out that when they make cars and they show you the concept cars you're like Man, I hope they make that one day. Yeah. And then they right. never do. They the never... coolest looking ones they <laughs> yeah. never make. Right. Are there any aircraft who are like, boy, I hope this one really makes it to the uh makes it to the finish line? Yeah, you know, uh there was a thing called the X twenty nine and the wings were actually pointed forward mm-hmm. and you get less drag and like if you're maneuvering a lot you can just maneuver better that way. I it saw pictures really cool. of this thing. It yeah. looked cool, but it it, it what's what's why didn't they built it, ma- it Well, I don't know why they they built the test version of it yeah know, people flew it and then they never built it and it's hard to make the wings on that thing because uh they have a tendency to want to break off which is bad <laughs> uh, i guess it's, it's, it's right. structural other than that it's a great yeah. structural integrity yeah. issue the shuttle program uh when i was a kid you and i are the same age you're 51 i turned okay. 51 next week um <clears throat> i uh when i was a kid uh, the Enterprise. I lived in St. Louis, so we went out to Lambert Field. Right. And when they were flying it across country on that right. 747, they landed it there. So I went right. with my parents to see it. And I was telling these guys, as cool as that was, uh, what I didn't know is these two T-38s came flying in first. <laughs> I'm like, look at those things. Those are badass. And you were part of that program, too, right? The T-38s? It, yes. So we that's our main training that we do as astronauts. And okay. It, it's actually the best. It's not learning the specifics of you know how to fly the shuttle or how to operate whatever system on the station but it's it's real life and it's training your brain to think ahead and not be afraid and you know the decisions you make actually affect you like you die if you don't make the right decision if you're in a simulator if you screw up you just turn it off and walk out but uh but you say so you say your fear your fear is uh, effing up <laughs> but 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 that's the only fear to to be that that systematic you know, uh, you know, there, there's some in the right stuff. There are a number of situations that are depicted oh, where, yeah. where they're where they're showing. You know, they, they're, you're you're basically sitting. I, I, you're sitting on a huge explo- a bomb. You know, when yeah. when, they, when the launch takes place. Um, so you go up on the the Soyuz. You traveled up to the International Space Station on the Soyuz, and you launched from the Cosmodrome, right in Baikonur, right, which is 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 now that is the largest space facility on Earth, is it not? It, it's huge. So yeah, g- yeah, it's give huge. us your impressions of that and what that was like. Oh, that was amazing. It was like going back into the 1960s. In fact, there's a lot of launch pads, but the, when I launched, we used the same one that Yuri Gagarin launched from. Oh, my so God. It's the same, it's a mind blow because you know, you'd see footage of – you'd see footage. Now, now, I'm older, but I remember seeing – you know, you'd see the, the footage. The Russians are up to this, and they would yeah. show the launches. You're like, oh, my God, and it created a sense of panic, but it's yeah. also very cool. You it know? was cool. I mean, it. you know, the best part of my mission was being up there with the Russians. I was good friends with those guys. We yeah. stay in where you still text each other. And uh, we really had a good time. There was a lot of 
happening down here on Earth. <laughs> yeah, stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm wearing that now. Terry, you can't uh, say those words. I know you're really smart and an astronaut, but we... <laughs> oh, man. F word is out. S word is out. All right, I got okay. it. All right. Um, my bucket list keeps on getting checked off. So anyway, yeah, the the experience of flying with those guys was amazing, and it was pretty cool to be from that same launch pad. I used to joke with, with them because... Uh, they were in the Russian Air Force, and and I would say, hey, the U.S. Air Force has a long tradition of being here in Baikonur. Yeah. You know, we're flying today. Back in the day, Gary Powers came over in his U-2, so, you know, the U.S. Air Force has been visiting here for a Right, time. the U-2, the spy yeah. incident. Yeah, no, that's cool. I want to ask about the shuttle versus the Soyuz uh, <clears throat> program. Completely different. Uh, totally, yeah. Yeah, you have, uh, you know, uh, a spacecraft that you can land uh, on uh, and that actually on a runway and reuse. Uh, the Soyuz is more of a capsule-based spacecraft, right. uh, which you do at a, an Earth landing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how um, piloting that? And, and now we know you were a pilot of the um, of the space shuttle, but you you weren't the pilot of Soyuz, were you? No. Okay. No. So is that? Are you just kind of? A, obviously, you have duties to do, but at that point, are you kind of along the, for the ride? Oh yeah, the okay. landing. I wanted to ask about that because yeah. the braking system that's used before you guys hit the ground. Uh, there's a big burst of uh, yes of, of a uh, of an engine. What is that like? The Ru- well, the Russians call it the soft landing rockets. <laughs> yeah, it should be called less of a crash landing rocket, <laughs> yeah. right? Because that's what they say. It's it's like, like driving into a telephone pole. Oh you know? my god! Oh my god. god. Really? Okay. Wow. And with that, by the way, the photographs that you've been yeah. taking, and there's a classic photo that I, I became aware of before I became aware of you know exactly who had taken it. Uh, around the time of uh, Leonard Nimoy's death, it's, yes. your, it's you doing the the Vulcan peace sign, the you it know is. live long and prosper right. through a window over Earth, over I believe it was Boston, yeah. right, which yeah. is uh, Leonard Nimoy's birth city. It is. It was amazing. In fact, that's one of the stories I tell. I use that picture, and uh, we had a saying in the F sixteen: "I'd rather be lucky than good." Yeah, and mm. I did not plan that. I I, I didn't have any time. Uh, I was just. I got an email that said, hey, Leonard Nimoy died, you know, Spock passed away, can you do something? I got this picture of the sign and Earth, and I didn't know it, but in the background was Boston. So, Oh, oh so wow. that was happenstance. Well, it, it was completely, completely that's unplanned. It was no just, kidding. Yeah. Right, so the first yeah, but it was time... really cool. It was a great tribute to Leonard. Now, were you, were you a, a Star Trek uh, fan? I was. Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit, be- you know, it was before I was born, but yeah. I liked it. And yeah. I, it was, I was more in the movies. So the TV show was before, but, you know, they're still showing those old. Oh, yeah, all so, the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't necessarily know how to ask this question, so I'm just going to say it this way. Well, um, will, we the, will we need the button? <laughs> you will not need the we button. We got it. We got it. Um, but is there anything you, is there anything you can say or, or that you have said to flat earthers? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. You know, I went to England this one time, and I was on this the British news, and they wanted to talk about flat Earth. And I'm with like, a Piers Morgan, gotta, yeah, with Piers Morgan, yeah, yes. Yeah. You guys got to be you're killing me. <laughs> this guy out in Seattle wanted to build a rocket to climb up to a thousand feet. Uh-huh. What a thousand <laughs> feet to prove that the Earth was? Yeah, you know, I'm like, okay. So if the Earth was flat, and when I launched to the east, going seventeen thousand miles an hour, I'd still be flying off to the east. You know, thankfully yeah. it's not. It's round, and I came back around and landed. Um, so, yeah. you know. But there's no... We were pressing and I were talking about this. I think it, it's more... There is there is more of a... Um more of a need to be part of a, of a group than to actually have it predicated on any real science or fact. In other words... Well, there's no science. I think it's no, way to get Twitter followers or something. Maybe yeah. that's it. Yeah. Or And, then, and if they it's, believe that, you know, they, they're, if they want to believe that, that's their deal. But... There is, I mean, you you have been there. 
You, yeah. you know, I just don't get it. But yeah. they explain it. Does it boggle you, uh, your mind, that it's still a fairly pervasive perception? I think. It's just a way to get, like, if you're a rapper or something, you <laughs> get, get some press. It gets you some press. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Maybe that's it. It does, but I, I believe some people believe it, and it's just, it, it blows me away because well, the amount of, of man hours, people, engineering, science, people who have died, and all these other things that have happened for decades aren't enough proof for you. Well, I think it speaks to a bigger issue in that, okay, flatter is one thing, but there's lots of things. If somebody says something, there will be a group of people that believe them. Right. So it's really important to like have policy and everything based in fact and science, and also each it's, and it, not it's, craziness. It's an incumbent on all of us to do our due diligence and do our re- don't do your own investigation. And don't do, just believe what right, you hear. Right? Yeah. yeah. Look into it. And, and by the way, that comment I made was not just about flat earthers, about people who deny this, that the space program is legitimate. The landing on the moon. Or just yeah. going into space, period. So I, but, I, I have to tell you, because I, I, I was so impressed and I got the, the Oculus, uh, the, oh, the, yeah. the, the VR thing. And so I'm, I'm, I purchased a program from NASA that's a simulation of the of the, the, the Apollo 11, the landing on the moon and the whole thing. And it's, it's accompanied with audio. And I guess I'm supposed to be Neil Armstrong and the oh, lamb cool. and the whole thing. I'm sitting on my couch and I'm uh-huh. and I'm sweating bullets. You know, <laughs> you were up there. You know, right. as you say, and you're you're cool as a cucumber. But you had an incident occur. I think it was uh, an alarm went off aboard the space station, and it was uh, explain what happened. Was it twenty? Oh yeah. So I wrote 15? an entire chapter. Yeah, my, my book view from above, chapter five, is about this. Um, the station has three different emergencies that we practice for: fire, which there's false alarms that happen. Um, an air leak, which occasionally there's a false alarm, but the the third is an ammonia leak. Ammonia is the coolant, and ammonia is super deadly. Like yeah, they tell you if if you smell it, you don't have to worry about it because you're going to die. It's okay. like <laughs> not good. Oh, wow. oh, that's comforting. So, and that alarm had never gone off ever in the history of the station. So one day it went off, and long story short, I don't want to give it away, but the main part about it wasn't the emergency. It was that we had to hang out on the Russian segment, and in the middle of all this mess with Russia, uh, the Deputy Prime Minister called up and said, hey, you can stay as long as you want. We'll work together to get through this. So it was a great story of international cooperation. That's um, cool. So to us, to, you know, when we, we see the fuel gauge come on in our cars <laughs> and we start getting nervous, <laughs> you know, yeah. it is a context we can scarcely comprehend. That's why the T-38s are so good for astronaut training, because when the fuel gauge comes on that, you can't just, like, pull over and stop. You have to find a runway to land on. Yeah. And I've got... All my best scary stories were in airplanes, and, you know, those are things you have to deal with those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, space, there were some, too, but most of them were in F-16s or T-38s. I have have, uh, spacecraft questions and aircraft questions. (laughs) Uh, Somebody texts in, good question. Were you ever, and I don't think so, I think that by the time you got into the pilot program, they weren't around anymore. SR-71 Blackbird, was that already retired by the time you were a pilot? I think. That thing retired like a year or two after I got in, so I was too young. For okay, that. all right, cool uh, airplane. How about uh, in spacecraft, uh, the uh, liftoff and getting into low Earth or- orbit, or uh, returning to Earth? Yes. What is more exciting slash fun? Obviously, you you are you, you've got things to concentrate on, but I, I can imagine you you don't let the experience get past you. Yeah, the launching is incredible. The sound, the noise, the shaking, all that, but. The test pilot in me, like, you got to go from zero to 17,000 miles an hour, which is a big deal, but you got to go from 17,000 to zero. And the Uh test pilot in me, I think I thought that was even a bigger deal. It's not as flashy, so so to speak, because, but 
it's hard to do. And the you'll you'll see pictures looking out the window. It's orange and pink and. The flashing coming back in the Soyuz, the air, the shuttle was like an airliner. I mean, it kind of is gentle. The, the G forces are not that big. The Soyuz is more like riding a bowling ball, and that thing was like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. It was crazy. You no said kidding. when you first saw wow. the, um, the Earth, you you said it was as if you had lived your life in from space. You'd live your life in black and white, and finally saw what color was right, and and the blues you'd never seen before. Right? Do you act? Do you do you get emotional? Um, I did. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. To see, like, you're not on the planet anymore. Yeah. You're in space and there's Earth down there, you know. And for me, it was it was emotional. But I had to fly the shuttle, so it was like, <laughs> I can't believe what I'm seeing. All right, back to, you know, turn the hydraulic pumps off. Uh, it's, it's like when I'm driving, you know, like we were driving up Mount Washington. Right. And, like, I'm driving, right? It's a, it's a scary road, so I have to pay attention. Everybody else gets to see. And then you hit zero Gs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody exactly. gets to see. And exactly. I'm like, well, yes. When, <laughs> when you do pierce the, the envelope of space for the first time, I, I assume you did it. As a, as, a, as a regular pilot, correct? I mean, you 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 sort of touch the edge of. I mean, oh, on an F sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I fifty thousand feet as high as that went, and okay. that's kind of high. It's it doesn't look. It's a little bit. It's a little bit different, but you're not quite right. Not black. quite there. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's on the way. Okay, and are you so in the moment that you can't perceive? You know, do you, is it a snapshot in your mind? I mean, you know, how, how do you how does it record in your mind? The I remember distinctly a couple things, and the whole chapter one is about the eight and a half minute launch. I remember seeing the east coast of the U.S. Yeah, the shuttle launches upside down, and then it rolled heads up to point the antennas at the satellite. And you don't know if it's going to roll left or right. So yeah. if it rolls the one direction, the commander, the guy in the left seat, gets to see Earth. And if it rolls the other direction, the guy in the right seat. And luckily, again, I'd rather be lucky than good. It decided to roll. So I saw the first view of Earth was of the east coast at nighttime. And I, it was like, wow. And, of course, I'm smashed in my seat and the rockets are burning. And yeah. And, and I didn't know, but there was no doubt. Like, okay, there's Baltimore, Washington. There's Philly. There's New wow. York. You could see it all only in a few seconds, and then it was back to flying the shuttle. It's so amazing. That was, that was my first view. If you're tuning in, uh, astronaut Terry Vertz is here, National Geographic Live. Uh, Terry Vertz view from above. Terry, do you have Apple TV? <laughs> I do. In fact, I got a story about that. Okay. Uh, the, the reason I ask is that uh, when it goes to the screensaver, uh-huh. they have several shots from space looking they, down on the on the Earth. They do. Uh, uh, were you involved in it? We'll, we'll <laughs> say what you were going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 I was uh, helped out on that project, yeah. Okay. It, it happened after I landed. It, it just came out a few months ago. Yeah, so, it, yeah. I find it mesmerizing. I like playing a little game in my head of, of figuring out where it is on the planet. Yes. But there's one that goes down, for example, the, the coast of California. Uh-huh. And it starts up near San Francisco, and then before you know it, you're you're in, like, Costa Rica. You've gone past the, the Baja. And yes. You're, it, it's, it, it's so fast. Is that at all what it's like for you while traveling in space, seeing landforms? That shot took us months to get, by the way. Oh. With, the, with the sunlight reflecting. You see the little lakes yes. in Central California. That shot took a long time. Um, so they slowed it down to nearly real time. It's not exact, but it's kind of like that. I mean, you're going five miles a second. So it it only takes a second. It takes like minutes to fly across America. And you know, what's the camera equipment you use to get those shots? Those shots were shot on Nikon still cameras, D fives. I think, um, it's the big professional, you know, at the Super Bowl and baseball games. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Nikon version of that. The movie, the IMAX movie I shot, Beautiful Planet, was filmed on Canon, but they're both. So they do still either two or four frames a second. 
still shots, and then the software guys on the ground process that into a movie. That's amazing. Yeah, it's but really cool things, to watch. These things are just. I do the, this. This is what's on my house at home. I turn it on, put on some music, <laughs> and while I'm working, you know, that's going by. If you touch the m- remote. It'll tell you where it is. Yes. The little thing comes up. Yeah. I have an ISS app on my phone that alerts me when the when the, it's flying overboard. Oh, yeah. Or fly, flying yeah. overhead, I yep. should say, the International Space Station. And my family and I still get the biggest joy. We've seen it, I don't know how many times. Yeah. But it moves so fast. You see it with the naked eye, and it's just this solitary light that does not blink or change, yep. and right. it just zips across the sky. Yeah. It's incredible how fast that's going. Yeah. Well, you know... Like I said, five miles a second. Yeah. Do you know who's on there right now? So, like, when it flies over, like, oh, there, there goes Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, David Saint Jacques is a Canadian guy, and uh, um, Anne McLean is the American. There's a smaller crew. The next group of three go up soon, but yeah. I um, we had Astro uh, Nicole. What is her name? Nicole Nicole Stott. Yes, we yeah. had her in studio a little while back. Uh-huh. Um. It's a fascinating conversation. Yeah, awesome. I could talk to you guys all day, every day. Um, but I was uh, I was given some hope, and it was never able to happen. But I, I would love for us to be able to actually talk to somebody in the space station while they're in the space station. Do you guys do that? I know that you've, we, you've talked to classrooms and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, I think every week there's two. There's a certain number of media events. You know, the, mm-hmm. the NASA PAO people get X number of those. So you can do it. Um, How about two for Tuesday? Would they go for that? <laughs> I think it'd be good. <laughs> you won't have to worry about hitting the button. <laughs> uh, <those guys laughs> uh, I, I wanted to ask where the uh, where the spa- where you see the sp- space program going. Uh, uh, the, the American space program, obviously, it's a world colla- uh, um, collaboration for some of the the nations uh, right. around the world. Um, but what do you see as the as the uh, not too distant future of what's right. going to be taking place? So I. You know, when I look at the overall space program, I I think we're at the end of the beginning. And I I mean that in a good way. And at the beginning of the space program was Apollo and Shuttle and the Soyuz. Gemini. These big government programs, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we're at the end of that phase, I hope, in that companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin and the private sector, we have, because of the Internet, we have these billionaires who can actually fund it at a good, you know, Jeff Bezos has some spare change in his pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're just so much more innovative. They get stuff done so much faster. The private sector. The private sector does. Okay. Right? And it's, not... it's it's the it's it's a fascinating thing to see it happen and and, yeah. and to do it to, when I when we Preston and I nearly died when we saw a rocket land vertically. Yeah, the SpaceX. It, it's yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, where There's do like you a, see yeah. where do you see in my lifetime um, this going? Um, assuming I live to eighty. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I hope we go to Mars. I've written some op eds about this. I think the moon is a good. First step, we were talking about being a test pilot. So one, the first thing you learn is about being a test pilot is you should do a build-up approach. Yeah. You shouldn't just start. And we didn't start with Apollo. We started with Mercury and yeah. then Gemini and then Apollo. Mm-hmm. So I think the moon will kind of be like a Gemini okay. in, the so, big, in the big scheme like of things. Like a, a staging launch area from, from the well, moon? Are we, are we going to have a moon base? Uh, Jeff Bezos wants to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he, you know, he's... Writing a billion dollars a year of his own personal uh, checks to you know make that happen, um, and I think we'll to have a moon base. We'll have to be able to find water on the moon, which yeah. is water's there, but can you get to it? That's a tough qu- thing to do. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Let, uh, let them okay. try and see if it works. And Mars viable? Mars is viable. We need to 
get a better um, rocket system that'll yeah. get us there and back quicker. Quicker, yeah. The normal the normal rockets that we have now is about a three year round trip, and if you use nuclear powered engines, you can get there and back in one year. And so, personally, I think. Three years, that's a lot of food and underwear to pack. <laughs> yeah, it is. Have, yeah. They figured, have they figured out the radiation protection well, issues? They, they figured it out. It's there and it's bad. So that's another reason <laughs> to go one year, right? You can – water's a good protection. That's Water is – lead is the best, but at hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah, a pound. Waste too much, yeah. But you have to have water anyway. So mm-hmm. you just take your water and surround the crew, you know. Really? Instead of metal, you put little water bladders, and that helps. So how about that. water and lead, like the water from Flint, Michigan? Brilliant. That's amazing. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you should start a contract. You <laughs> could be a subcontractor <laughs> of Boeing. <laughs> and build this thing. Yeah. yeah. Start um, a company. Oh so God. when uh, uh, Commander Hadfield, uh, they did a documentary on his year in space, right? Um, Hatfield, uh, you mean Scott Kelly? Oh, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Kel- yeah, yeah. Kelly, it was, was Kelly. I, he flew with me. Yeah. So, so you're in that. You're in that documentary. Uh, with the time. Well, because time, time did one. I'm in that one. Well, the specifically, I want to ask about because yeah. uh, you guys got a um um you got rations sent up to you. Yeah. And there was talk about the smell of space when when you were opening up the the capsule. Yeah. And and what is what is what's it, what does space smell like? That, I was so interested in that. So um, if you tell him Old Spice, he's going to be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> Axe, remember that? Nothing yeah. beats an astronaut. Uh, yeah. Axe yeah. body spray. They yeah. still have yeah. it. <laughs> so the uh, when you either do a spacewalk or you open the hatch because that spaceship was just out in space. There is a very unique, I've never spelled it before, and to me, it was like an electrical, musty ozone. If you had those old Lionel trains. And yes. Oh, yeah. They're like sparking. I know what you're talking about. There's some smell, I like that smell. that comes with electricity, and it, yeah. that's just what it smells it's, it, like. It's a nostalgic smell. It, yeah. For me, it, was, it's, it's, is that it what you... smells like the 1950s. Yeah, yeah. But is there, I mean, is there something to that's, be studied they, they... there with just the smell? Does that tell you something about... Well, so space itself, there's nothing there. So you're not actually smelling that, but I think you're smelling the effect of this crazy temperature and radiation and pressure on the metal and on the. There, there's this fabric. It's called MLI, and it's uh, it's like a thermal protection fabric that we have. So anyway, it's like what you're smelling is the effects of space on this normal material. Hmm. Did you say you flew with Scott Kelly? I did. Yeah. Okay, because so my son was in. He's in in elementary school now, but he was in preschool, and he said something to me once about Scott Kelly, and I go, "Who's Scott Kelly?" Who's Scott Kelly? He goes. You don't know who Scott Kelly is, Mom? I'm like, no. He goes, he's an astronaut. And I was like, oh, and that's how I learned who Scott Kelly, who Scott was. Kelly was. From he, your preschooler. From my preschooler. Yeah. And he got so Scott. into rockets and, and space and all of that that year. Yeah, That's awesome. I'll tell Scott. He'll be happy there. He'll be happy. You know, with the International Space Station, and uh, I know that regularly there are uh, experiments of sorts that are going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that takes up a, a good portion of your time when you're working up there. What has been the fruit of those labors that we may not be familiar with? Have there right. been some medications? Have there been, uh, you know, engineering things that we found out that we didn't know because of these experiments that have been taking place? So um, that's a great question. And the way science works nowadays, it's not like Newton, you know, gravity falls and he discovers gravity. Well, that all the easy stuff has been figured out. So the science, especially the biology we're doing, is like one piece of a hundred-piece puzzle. And so, um, and a lot of what we do goes back to the drug companies. I did some stuff for some big pharma companies on um, E. coli uh, vaccinations. And so 
they can use that to make better vaccinations for people on Earth. Um, there's some cancer medicines that have been worked on. Um, astronomy, where there's this machine that's trying to figure out what the universe is made of, is how much dark matter and dark energy is out there. Which is another whole mind-blowing concept. Not, we don't even know what the universe is made of. It's yeah. Un, it's unbelievable. And the station is trying to do that. So I wanted to ask... Because I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, to, to, to piggyback on that, I'm, I'm curious as to, with the private sector getting involved the way that it right. is, is that someday we will see... Floating labs, you know, Pfizer yeah. has a lab yeah, to make right. a better Viagra or whatever it may be. Space in, boners. In space. <laughs> I, because that's kind of where I, I see all this eventually maybe going to is that, that we have these facilities that are in space that are private and they're used for uh, production and manufacturing of certain things you can't do in gravity environments right. or, or in that, that need to be done in vacuums and so on. SpaceX and Blue Origin are building the rockets and capsules. There's a guy named Bigelow that's building private space stations for that exact thing. It's a mind blower. The station's good for research, but it's not manufacturing. It's not what it's for. I wanted to ask you, uh, Terry, about the, the long-term effects of being in a weightless condition. And, and I know that there are different yeah. devices and exercise devices where you can retain some of your your muscle uh, uh, and, and bone density and, and things of that nature. But how effective is that when you return to Earth? How um, how reduced were your capabilities? So bone density loss is a big thing. And after 200 days, they gave me two and a half hours of exercise every day. Um, I lost 0.0% of my bone density. So basically by lifting weights and running on a treadmill. In the I, station. I, or here. Over, over half a year in space. When I got back to Earth, I had lost zero percent of my bone density. The week I got back, I did twenty pull-ups. I was in. I was in good. It was like being on a health two and a half hours okay. a day. It was like being at health spa. Wow. In some ways, wow. yeah. For me, the big problem was radiation because that can lead to cancer, and you right. kind of just have to wait and see what cancer you get. What What are What are your shifts like on uh, the ISS? So there's not. It's not like somebody's awake all time. Everybody wakes up in the morning and goes to bed at night. The, oh. If the clock is GMT, so it's London time. Yeah. Um, and there's a conference call usually about 730 in the morning. We have one at six, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. A lot we, less stressful. We, we talk to Moscow and Houston and all the different control centers. And then we go to work, do science. The reason we were there is to do science or maintenance, or cargo ship comes, or get ready for a spacewalk, or do interviews with the local rock and roll station, or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever we're doing. That's, you know, and then at the end of the day, we have another conference, and then that's when I would start to do my pictures and film this IMAX movie, film the whole thing in, in my spare time. Uh, NASA didn't give, give me any time to film it, so it's a pretty busy day, but it's 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 structured, but every day is different because Na- you have to do everything. NASA needs. I mean, listen, I I I have been a massive fan of of NASA in the the early days. I mean, every the whole thing, but but it is important a film like that, an IMAX film, yeah, generates such zeal and such interest, and 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 they you know they they I think they need to understand more the impact of that. I think they're getting better at understanding yeah the importance of of creating fans of this. Of all the stuff I did, I think. Beautiful Planet was the most important one. I went to the Air and Space Museum. I don't get, I got zero point. I joke, I yeah. did a nude scene in there. There's a scene like, how do you wash in space? So there's a picture, there's yeah. a scene of me. So I got paid twice what my crewmates did. That's um, great. Two, two times zero to do that scene. <laughs> anyway, when I went to the Air and Space Museum, they told me that a million people are going to see that movie. Over, it'll be there for a decade or Wow. Right. And I'm like, that's, of all these science experiments I did, which are important, no one knows about them, but a million people are going to see them. They're going to be influenced. Yeah. Awesome. 
Speaking of experiments, uh, the Chinese just landed on the dark side of the moon. Yes. And they are a growing cotton plant in uh, the lunar uh, module. Is that right? I, I just saw that. Yeah, they have the plant growing. Um, that was pretty impressive. It's really the far side of the moon. No one's ever landed there. Of course, we landed on the near side, the side you can see. But um, that was pretty impressive. And is it the first time anything's ever been grown in space like this? Or, or I'm sorry, on the moon like this? I think on the moon. Uh, I don't know if the Apollo guys brought anything or not. I think that's the first time that's happened hmm. on the moon. Wow, I love it. Uh, going back to to movies uh, of Hollywood films. What would you rank? And obviously, the <laughs> the, the right stuff is going to be one of the uh, the, the top right stuff. number one. Yeah. What what would you put as as like a top five? Maybe if you can think of that. So the right stuff is the best. Uh, Apollo thirteen is the best. That's a great. great movie, and it's filmed. It's real humans. They yep. filmed it in the vomit comet that airplane. Yeah, yeah. So all the scenes are twenty seconds or less, and it's real. It's not computer graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you like The Martian? I love The Martian. Yeah, and, and books um, phenomenal too. Yeah, I liked uh, two thousand one was great. I watched that when I was in space. Oh yeah, um, so it's funny because it, that you know you're in space I watching know. a projection of what love space would be like. We watched Gravity too, which is pretty cool. <laughs> That's cool. I know the filmmaker. Um, Interstellar. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's a father daughter story, which yeah. I love. I got yeah. a daughter. So, but, did, yeah. but talking about depicting the 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 the. the the length of time, the, the the time that you know things would need to train. You talk about a three year trip to Mars, and yeah. and, and they they deal with the extremes of that sort of deep space, you know, journey, yeah. Yeah. and how much it would take. Yeah, the the Martian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the science about what to do, you know, how to live on Mars was was really interesting and pretty good. Now the big giant Martian appeared and took them to Mars and. That's a minor detail. Like we, we don't have that Mars, Mars ship. That yet? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, but once he was on Mars, it was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So when you're in space at night, right? Okay. Uh, and by at night, I mean you're on the opposite side right. of the Earth as, as the, the sun. sun. Yep. Um, are the stars like crazier than you've ever seen? Yeah. Or they are. And you made a great distinction because night GMT. Uh huh. We could be in the sunlight or <laughs> nighttime. So you go around the Earth every hour and a half, so you have 16 sunrises and sunsets a day. And wow. your body doesn't work on that clock, so that's a good distinction. But when you look at um, – and I, I was doing a talk with Chris Hadfield one time, and he said, oh, you can't see stars at night. And I was like, what <laughs> space station were you on? If you turn the lights off and you let your eyes adjust, um, you can't – there's more stars you can imagine. I mean, yeah. the whole sky is filled yeah, with Yeah, because the most I've ever seen was uh, I was I camped in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Um, and And there was no moon. Right, so that That's was amazing. That was the most I had ever seen, right. and I just wasn't sure that if you were on the opposite side of of Earth, if you would see it. it's I mean, even more. Like I know the basic constellations. I'm not an expert, mm-hmm. but you know I know Orion and yeah. the Big Dipper, and and I could never recognize a constellation in space. No, there's just kidding. so many stars. Wow. Yeah, I can't believe there's nobody that has to watch over things while you sleep. <laughs> well, they on the ground, the mission control. There's got yeah. there's people. 24-7. There's Gus, the security Earth. guard. <laughs> yeah. Can they wake exactly. you if they need to get to you? That alarm, when that alarm goes off, there's no doubt that okay. something is right, something is significant <laughs> is happening. Yeah. Hey, how about uh, seeing other planets with the naked yeah, eye? So More luminous than, than yeah. here? So yeah. I could see planets. Um, of course, Mars is red. Yeah. And Jupiter and Saturn are kind of yellow, orangish. Uh, they're easy. Venus is super bright. One planet I saw... That I think most people on Earth have either never seen or don't know it is Mercury. It's yeah. all, it's right next to the sun. Yeah. If there's trees, you don't see it because it's always right on the horizon, right 
you know, right mm-hmm. next to the sun. And it's a, it's just something I think most people never notice on hmm. Earth I, in space. I saw it a bunch. I have a pretty wow. kick-ass telescope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it has, it has, it has, but it has sun, sun filters. Would I be able to see Mercury? Oh, yeah. Okay. You, you can see it with your naked eye if yeah. you don't have trees or buildings and you know what you're looking for. Okay. It's, you know, it, it's always when it's farthest from the sun, perpendicular, it's still really close to the sun. Okay. So you only okay. see it in the morning and evenings. All right, I'm gonna have to. We have research to have you back. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most definitely yeah. for your for your for your next uh, coffee uh, table uh, book and IMAX film. Yes, <laughs> we could spend forever talking to you, but we've we've used up our dump button <laughs> for the amount of times that you cursed today. So you've hit your allotment. Uh, but Terry, it's an honor to meet you. Thank you so much for coming by here. This, this was morning. great. It's yeah. good to be in Philly. Appreciate it, uh, Terry Verts, guys. Yeah. yeah. As the year draws to a close, 93.3 WMMR looks back at everything that rocked 2019 with our top 25 songs of the year countdown. Vote for your favorites now at WMMR.com. Then catch it New Year's Eve starting at 7 p.m. on 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, There's something I want you to try out. I kind of gave an assignment to everybody on the show because I, I was... Watching a movie a couple of weeks ago, and an actor that I really liked, uh, for some reason I saw this person uh, cast in the role of somebody who works here at MMR. If there were to be an MMR the movie, I had I was like, that would, that'd be the guy who'd play him, probably. And I just made a mental note of it. And then I started to expand that a little bit. I'm like, well, who would play this person? And who would play that person? <laughs> and I ended up casting an entire uh, movie, MMR the movie, of the people that we work with. And I thought it might be... A fun little assignment for us to cast MMR the movie and compare and see who we end up having play these roles. You might want to try doing that at your own job. Who would play those people that you work with if you were to cast a movie, let's say, or a TV show? Yes. You know, I mean, like The Office, you talk about a mundane standard uh, job. Maybe you have one of those, and it might not seem an interesting movie to cast. But if you were to, who would play who around The Office? So when you asked us to do this, uh, there was uh, two reactions. I hated the idea, and I loved the idea. (laughs) Because I knew I would love the idea, but I knew how difficult it would be. It's hard. So I had to. I had to decide how um, how you approach, and you you sort of get an idea of how casting directors go about. Remember, so harken back to when Michael Keaton was announced to play Batman. Okay, right. you can now. Of course, he's Batman. Yeah, but then but what? Well, excuse me. So I'm thinking: Do you cast in spirit? Do you cast in looks? And how I approached everyone here. Yeah, and honestly, also. You know there there are stars and then there are substars and there are people who you just you'll and they know exactly you'll see the guy who's the UPS guy yep. on Growing Pains and go he looks just like Casey <laughs> yeah but yeah. but you don't know that guy's name I started with looking like yeah and then I went into yeah but you don't necessarily have to nail exactly what they look like just a just a basic uh, ballpark <laughs> of that but. Who would be able to pull off that person's personality acting-wise is what I went with eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. In some cases, I did that. In some cases, I went with looks. In some cases, um, (laughs) there's absolutely no correlation to... In a few of them, I cast several people. I'm like, it could be this person, that person, yeah, yeah, that yeah. person. I did that with one person. I have a couple okay, of good. those. Okay. Did you guys worry about hurting anybody's feelings by casting? No. no. Okay. Uh, I, I always, oh, I did I, big time. I, I always skewed positive. Yeah. Because uh, I figured I would catch less crap if I did that. Right. Um, 
Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like casting me in, in this. Oh, I made sure that you. Uh, this is like really somebody good looking. Really? Yeah, because I thought. Yeah, but, they, <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate that, but, <laughs> but also, you don't have to. Also, there's there there is a guy who I would who I was thinking of. And he, I, it wasn't my selection for you eventually, mm-hmm. but um, but he, you know, he would have to grow a, a, a little bit of beard to play you. I yeah. mean, somebody could grow a beard to look like you. Or uh, I, I and and I thought of that. There's a very a bearded person here in a, at our offices, yeah. and I was like, I can't think of anybody. And I'm like, well, forget the beard and the hair. Yeah. It's Pierre I'm talking about. Forget the beard and the hair, and mm-hmm. just go with an actor that they can put that stuff on. We could put a wig on and have him grow a beard, and then they might be it's able to. Funny pull it off. you mentioned Pierre. He was my most difficult. Okay, yeah, he was yeah. hard. Nick. I had fun with this. It was challenging. Um, and Steve, like, I didn't want to just go with a bald guy for you because I thought I that get that's kinda... that all the time. I know. Hey, and I thought my that's... uncle looks exactly like you. And then I see the guy or meet the guy at the end. Right. And not no offense to this guy I'm always meeting, but Jesus Christ. So I thought that that was kind of lazy. <laughs> and so for, for me, and we love TV and movies so much that I wanted to. Um, I thought a lot about the actors who I think could bring out the personality in the people that would be they'd be playing. So yeah. some of these may seem a little bit out of left field, but I think that the, for some of them, the actor would do justice to the person that they'd be portraying. All right, so I say this. Do you want to progress um, per... Because not every, I, I just did air staff, and you did a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start going air staff yeah. around the room? Yeah, that's Each what we'll person? Do. Okay. Each person. Oh, we'll All right, and rather lead. than do the whole list, we'll do who would you right. have played this person. All right, so right. Uh, this is... Uh, we have an official announcement. It's uh, MMR, the movie, the casting. Yes, I was hoping. As per members of the Preston and Steve show. And if you know uh, the staff well, then then maybe you can have some suggestions and feel free to uh, text those in. But I want I want you to try this exercise at your own job today. Um, also, I, I probably should have asked this a while ago, but uh, it's okay if the actor is no longer with us, right? Sure. I, it, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. No. I did for at least one. Okay, because that's Preston right. would have been man. Vincent Price. Yeah. <laughs> all right, who do you want to start with? You want to start you with pick. our show? You pick. Yes, yeah. our show, because yeah. that's uh, that's all I did and, and Air Step. Start with our show, though. Okay. Uh, well, let's start in, in the, the name yep. that, the, that leads the President Steve show. We'll start with me. How about that? Oh, okay. of course. I had a hard time casting me. Yeah. I, I don't I, have anybody for you. You don't have anybody oh, really? for me? No. Okay. I'm curious what you guys oh, do. Do you want to start with me? Sometimes yeah, Steve. Steve. Who plays me? The, the original guy I was thinking of that I think has your uh, instant likability with looks. Okay. Uh, do you remember the guy who played in, in uh, but I, this is not who I went with, but I just want to explain. <laughs> yeah. In uh, in A Liar Liar, the guy who's the defending, the dad who's in the courtroom battle with <laughs> Jennifer Tilly. No. Okay. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It's been right. so long so, since I've seen that. Since that, okay. I knew would be the reaction and no one know, would know who he All is. Right. I went with Jamie Dornan. Jamie Dornan. Oh, gray. Fifty Shades of Gray. Yeah. Wow. He's Damn. got he's got the uh he's with the, got a little bit of the beard. Okay. Kathy's shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I, but I gotta say no on that. He's too young. <laughs> listen, Ooh. listen. Well, yeah. It's okay. So kidding. wait till we get to you because I have to, I have two options. <laughs> In some cases, I figured Younger playing older, yeah, or older playing younger. All right, Casey. I'm actually the most thrilled with uh, with the Jamie with, Dornan. With, with, no, with this casting. Okay. I told you, Preston, I needed to go good looking because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> but what do you guys think about Idris Elba? Oh my God! No, I'm just kidding. Um, All right, so Case, no, no, so Pierre, I'm just going to jump ahead. <laughs> I went with Idris Elba. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, I have two people here, and you can take your pick, Preston. All right, I went with David Harbor or Josh Brolin. 
David wow. Harbour was one of mine too. Case that's from a good Stranger one Things. from Stranger yeah, Things. He's I love that. Guy. Currently playing Hellboy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nick, who did you have as me? Uh, I like both of those, Casey. Um, I went with Dylan McDermott, and I think Dylan McDermott brings some gravitas. I think that he can be a really serious actor. He's got a beard, uh, but he also can be funny in a, okay. in, a, in a sort of a sly way. So, Kathy, am I better looking than I think I am? Is that what these... The candid camera. Candid camera. I'm like, shut up. You shut the hell up. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on now to Marissa. All right. I think I have a good one for this Marissa. I, I can I go first? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I have yeah. a good one. All right. I went with Maisie Williams. That's who yeah. I went with. Really? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I've always said, now, she would have to play older. Yeah. Uh, because she's a few years younger than Marissa. But from, from the, Game of Thrones. From the beginning of Game of Thrones, Arya Stark, who is played by Maisie Williams, I always thought, I'm like, that's Marissa when she was a kid. That's yep. Marissa when she was a teenager. So I, I'm 100% on board with that, Steve. All right. That's good. I went with Jennifer Goodwin. Uh, oh. Who's Jennifer Goodwin? That's a good one. Yeah, she was in. Goodman's uh, a good one. Big Love, and uh, you'd recognize her. Preston, she's she's been um, Snow White and Once Upon uh, Once Upon a he's Time. Just not yeah. into oh, you. Yeah. Okay. She yeah. has a very uh, cherubic, uh, very cute face. Yeah, I could see that. All right, Nick. I also went with uh, Maisie Williams. Okay. Yeah. All I right. thought that was the easiest, the, the, the go-to. Oh, and Maisie I also Williams. had Anson yeah. Williams. Uh, no, Potsy. Potsy. Wow. <laughs> Marissa, who did you cast as yourself? Uh, well, I wish I'd, I have watched Game of Thrones because I don't know what Maisie Williams is like as an actress at all. The looks are good. I went with Jennifer Goodwin or Lacey wow. Charbet. Lacey Chabay. Wow, okay. Ooh, All right. Her left boob could be you. <laughs> I just want a big, bigger boobs. Um, <laughs> no, I've definitely gotten Jennifer Goodwin a lot over the years, especially when she was in uh, He's Just Not That Into You. Okay. So I always felt like nice. synergy with her. Uh, did you guys cast Nick Murphy? Yes, I, I, I did. did not. I'm very proud of this Me one. too. Right. Do you want to go first? Uh, well, hang on. Let's go at the same time. Okay. Uh, you ready? Three, two, one. Seth Nick... Rogen. No, no. <laughs> Seth Rogen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I went with Nick Frost. Nick Frost is a good choice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Frost. Yeah. Nick Frost maybe a bit more than Seth Rogen case. You think? I think. Uh, you know who else we had in here? Who's, who's um, uh, wasn't Brian Posehn? Brian Posehn. Brian, yeah, he's older. And plus, he kind of talks like this yeah. a little bit. But so. Nick Frost is pretty damn close. There's a picture of him up there on the screen right there. Yeah, they look yeah. pretty good. They look a lot alike. Yeah. Nick yeah. Murphy and, and Nick Frost. And, and Nick Murphy likes Nick Frost an awful yeah. lot, too. But he was in Shaun of the Dead and uh, The World's End and uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Pirate Radio. Anybody else? Did I did not do. Uh, okay. No, that's a good. Oh, like Marissa, did you cast him? or? Oh, wait. Nick Murphy. Hey, Nick. Oh, hey. You're on the air. Yeah, I like uh, Nick Frost. That's a good one. Uh I was assuming Jonah Hill. That's usually one I get all the time. Jonah Hill, no. A lady stopped me in the airport and was like, are you famous? (laughs) Are you like an entertainer? I was like, well, I do. Porn. Internet stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Are you him? I was like, no, I'm not who you think I am, lady. Yeah. Murph, have you you cast everybody too? Uh, Kind of, yeah. I like the Chris O'Dowd for Nick. That's really good. Uh, Preston, I like um, David Hayter as you. Um, David Hayter? Right, right, isn't that his name? Harbor. Harbor. Oh, David Harbor. Yeah, Harbor. Okay. Sorry. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Steve, I think Bruce Willis, like, now would be pretty good. All right. I'll take right. it, man. Yeah, yeah, All right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Instead of the guy up at uh, Jack Frost. <laughs> we had Casey, Jack Black for Casey. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Kathy, the Eva Mendez, Jessica Alba would be a good one, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's, a, there's an actress on that show, uh, Good Girls, Marissa. She was on uh, Arrested Development, too. I forget her name, but um, she would be good for you if you guys could bring up a picture of her. Okay. 
Um, Do you want to jump in here? And how about Vicky from yeah, Small yeah, Wonder? Yeah, yeah. All right, come on out here. Well, well, I'm coming in. All right, so the next one I have, we're casting MMR the movie, by the way. Do this at work uh, with your fellow co-workers. And moving on outside, uh, well, yeah, outside of the morning show, even though he is a part of uh, our show as well, Chuck, uh, Chuck D'Amico. Um, I didn't go that far. I didn't do it. I put down, because Chuck is just, he's like an every guy. He's great. He's super fun and sarcastic. Hello, everyone. Uh, there <laughs> <he is. laughs> you know who I have is you, Chuck? Did you go with Cameron Manheim? Uh-uh, I didn't go with Cameron. Here, we'll, we'll have Chuck come around. And by the way, we're getting into bizarre file time, but I, I cast the whole this damn staff. Me too. Um, but for Chuck D'Amico, I think might be, it doesn't necessarily look like you. Okay. But I think he could pull you off, and that's Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I got one for Chuck that I'm right. pretty proud of. Go and ahead. I think it's, you're a fan of his as well, Chuck. Michael Keaton. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. that would actually work. <laughs> Michael uh, Keaton. Yeah, I love that. He okay. loves Michael Keaton. Yeah, and he does not look like you. It, it, it's not a facial thing, but um, he loves radio. He's been, in, he's been in a radio movie, and, and Michael Keaton's just a great actor, and I think he could get your persona really well. Yeah. And okay. Chuck was Batman for a brief amount of time, so that's kind of cool. Exactly. Yeah, that, that Casey. I went with Adam Scott. I think that's a great oh, casting for Chuck. Uh, I, Step Brothers. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Wait, who is yeah. that? Yeah. He, he, you, you know him from, uh, he Punch was also me on. In the face. Yeah, uh, oh, Parks yeah, and yeah, Rec. Yeah. He was yeah. also, yeah. All right, Parks yeah. and Rec, right. He's, yeah. a, he's a handsome guy. Uh, he it can be very sarcastic. That's good, Case. I think it's a good one. I like that. Mm-hmm. Marissa, you. did you, uh, did you uh, have a, uh, anybody for Chuck? Okay, all right. that's all right. All right, uh, I, I, gave, you... I, I gave Tina Fey for Marissa. By the way, that's good too. Uh, yeah. Who would you uh, cast as yourself? I I used to get uh, Matthew Perry a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I, I see you more as a Courtney Cox. Either uh, either that or uh, Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's who I cast. <laughs> Moving on, we'll we'll move up in in the 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 day parts here on MMR is uh, Pierre Robert. All right. And I had a difficult time casting Pierre. I had two for him, and I eventually had to cave and go with somebody who doesn't. Have long hair, look or yeah. like beard. him, right? And just who could play Pierre? Who you want to start? Seeing? I jokingly said, originally said Idris Alba, <laughs> right? But then uh, my serious one is Peter Dinklage. No, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't come up with one. I have try this on. Imagine the guy grows his hair out long or wears a wig and grows a beard. But I like age wise. I don't know why Dennis Quaid. I said okay. to play right. Pierre Robert. <laughs> I tried to find somebody in that I age like that. range. Do you yeah. know who did who did sort of um he, God uh Timothy Oliphant with longer hair. Wait, what do I know him from? I know the name. Uh, uh he was in the office. <laughs> Justified. <laughs> Justified. Uh you know who he is. Yeah. He's in Santa yep, yep, yep. Diet yeah. or whatever. Yeah. He was in This Is Where I Leave You as well. He's a good yep. guy. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I think he could pull off a passionate music yeah. DJ dudish. Yeah. I had initially when for some reason I always think of Cheech and Chong when I think of Pierre Robert. <laughs> so I had gone like um like Tommy Chong. Yeah. But then I said, No, I'm gonna Hollywood this thing. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Like I thought about dude. that too. I thought he was a little too old, but he's got he's got he's mm-hmm. got a gravelly voice and everything. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he could maybe do it. What about you, Nick? Uh, so I went a little retro with this actor, and it's uh, it's this actor from about ten years ago, fifteen years ago when he was in his prime. Uh, but I think it's because he could pull it off. Johnny Depp, mm. Pierre Robert. Yeah, 
And it's it's Johnny Depp sort of pulling off the Pirates okay. of the Caribbean, but doing that in a Pierre Robert vein. I think Johnny Depp can be okay. chameleon like and Yeah. I can see that. All right, Kath. I didn't have anybody for Pierre. Okay. Nice. Marissa, do you have somebody for Pierre? Just like Nick, I went for the chameleon, the the under understated character actor, and I said Brad Pitt. Okay. Brad Pitt for Pierre? Wow. Yeah. He's going to love the F out of you. Yes, he would. Wow. All right. Anybody else or we move on? Uh, beer is tough. I mean, it'd be interesting to see like like a slimmed up Nick Offerman because he got that deep voice. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Really good. Kind of pull okay. it off with longer hair. All right. That'd be okay. Um, or Megan Mullally, his uh, wife. Be, mm-hmm. Nick Offerman's wife. Combine the two, yeah. I have a guy, but he would be too busy playing Weston. And that's, uh, can I say that? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Sam Elliott. Wow. Sam Elliott, third uh, leg of the stool, all-hanging <laughs> fruit. All right. And Barn then, door. Then you have uh, Jackson. Cigars. Then you have Jackson. I I, had, I think I got to this pretty quick. I, I have two that I put on the list. Uh, one of them, just because he looks like him, and we've had him by here, the host of uh, Cash Cab, Ben Burnley. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But if I wanted to go with but he's not necessarily an actor. No. But he looks a lot like Jackson. Uh, I have Liev Schreiber. Ooh, that's Jackson. That's a good one. He's got a great, great voice. Yeah, um, he's a he's a you know fit, good looking guy like Jackson. I thought he might fit that bill. Steve, I went with Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Oh. I couldn't think of that guy's name. Yeah, I couldn't think of it, and and that's that's uh, on my list. But All right, that's not who I. You're, my Statham's on your list. Your Statham is on my list. Um, with the best things in life. What do you think? I went uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. that would okay. be good. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's a he's a black belt in jujitsu as well. Yeah, and he is technically an actor. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. He, he was a news reader for years. Yeah. Kath. I went with The Rock. The Rock, dear God. I mean, the dude's in great shape. I, initially I really love Jackson, okay, guys? The Rock. All right. Nick? I went with Bruno Sammartino. No, no. I went with, and, and I think it's because he could pull off the American accent and uh, and do a really good job portraying Jackson. I went with Daniel Craig. I wow. think that they look a little bit like uh, one another, and yeah. Daniel Craig is a great actor and yeah. has a good voice as well, so I figured uh, he could do that role. All right, Marissa, who would you put in the, the role of uh, Jackson? Oh, I don't love this one, my choice, but I went with Woody Harrelson. No, that's actually, it's I mean, not it's, not bad. it's not um, bad, yeah. And and he can get in shape, seen yeah. him that way before. You guys want to weigh in on Jackson, or are you good? You uh, yeah, an idea for Jackson was the guy for who um, who played the original Dario Nahara in Game of Thrones. He was like the new transporter. Oh! That guy oh, would be pretty the good. The new transporter's good, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wait, was he the was he uh, the bad guy in Deadpool? In Deadpool, yeah, yeah he played yeah. Uh, uh, Ajax. Yeah. yeah, okay, he's good. Which led me to think the guy who plays new Dyer Nahara, good Pierre Robert. Mm. Um, okay, yeah, because he does have long, long hair, hair and the beard, beard and everything, and so that's not bad. Yeah. All right, uh, and I don't know the actor's name. I don't either. Ed Scrine <laughs> is the first Cameron guy. Cameron Manheim, the first guy. Yeah, yeah. Ed, Ed Scrine is the guy from Transporter and Deadpool. I, yes. I think that's the guy you're talking about. Yes. All right. All right, how yeah. about Jackie Bam? I'll bet we all have the same answer. I think we do, yeah. yeah, probably. You guys want to go at the same time? All right, who do you say you have? <laughs> you want me to say it or yeah. what? Go all ahead. Of us all right, one, time. two, three. Adrian Brody. No one else. 
could play Jackie, but Adrian Brody physically. And if you ever saw the movie, I pull, see if you can find in the other room a picture of him in Summer of Sam. Yeah, well, he's the punk rocker. He's the punk rocker. He's got all that stuff on. And I mean, it's Jackie Bam Bam 218. That's so funny. That was awesome. All of us. I mean, at first I was like, oh, Nikki Six, maybe. Hey, you Not know you left close. out though. You left out Sarah. Uh, okay, Sarah, Sarah oh, Parker. I, didn't think I did, and I chose Dita Bontice. Yeah, wow. perfect. That's a good okay. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mine's she's obviously got the fair, the fair skin and the, yeah. and the dark hair. More perfect, Casey. Uh, yeah, Kat Dennings. Okay, maybe younger maybe, maybe. Yeah. with like Sarah is. Okay, I like Dita Bontice. All right, uh, Marissa, did you have Sarah? Hold on a second. Yeah, maybe Kat Von D. Kat Von D as I well. All the tattoos. Okay. All right. Uh, how about uh, I'm really happy with who who I cast for Brent Porsche. All right. Actually, I have actually, a good one. I dug. Go ahead. Who do you have? Zach Wild. Okay. Oh, that is good. Uh, yeah. All right. I I dug in. He's a guy we've had here in the studio before. Uh, put some long hair on him. Wyatt Russell. Yeah, that's oh, really yeah. good press. Wyatt Russell, who is Kate Hudson's sister. Yeah, and in brother. this is brother. brother. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, they had it. They worked it out in California. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was in uh, in This Is Forty. He plays one of the hockey players that's yeah. hitting on Leslie Mann. And uh, he's been in a few things since then, but I think he would be a. He's a Brent's a really good looking guy. He's got that same smile. Put some hair on him, and you got Brent Porsche right there. I dug deep for this one, uh, and it's an actor you may not know, but his name is Rory Cochran, and he plays um, uh, kind of the stoner in Dazed and Confused. He's also in uh, Argo. And uh, for whatever reason, there's something about Rory that reminds me of Brent. I'll pull up a picture of him him. and see if you can recognize him. Uh, Case, you'll remember him from Dazed and Confused. Um, and he he played uh, Slater in, oh, in Days. I know who he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, eh, maybe. So I went with Jason Mewes. Jason Mewes. Okay. Yeah. For okay, maybe. Yeah. Uh, this this was the one I I think I had the hardest time with. Okay. Was, uh, because I was oh. going kind of like what you were doing, Zach Steve. Wild. Like, yeah, like yeah. non actors. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you know. You, you know who we left out and I couldn't cast uh, was Pancake. Oh, I got that easily. Okay. Who Michael you got? Sarah. Michael Sarah. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. If he got rid of the curly straightener, shaved his head down. Mm-hmm. Just put a hat um, on. Put a hat on and a jersey, and you got pancake. That's not bad. I went with the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Magnus for Magnus. Well, I forgot his name. Thornson. Yes. Whatever his name is. No, uh, I think okay. Michael Sarah is a good choice. I like Michael Sarah. The one, the, the one who got me started on this whole idea to do this uh, was for Kevin Gunn. Yeah, and oh. Kevin's worked here for a long, long time, um, and I don't know why he doesn't necessarily fully physically embody him, uh, but he's kind of he's he's shorter in stature, and I just think he would play a good Kevin Gunn is Stanley Tucci, who's a great actor. <laughs> yeah. I love Stanley Tucci, hmm. but uh, if you I put some hair on him, mm. uh, and I think he could play a good uh, Kevin Gunn. Yeah, I think I have a good Kevin Gunn. He okay. would take this as a super compliment, but uh, Aaron Sorkin would okay. be oh, of course. Yeah, yeah he loves yeah. Aaron Sorkin. Um, and then, uh, who put, who had a, a Bill Weston? I had yeah. Bill, yeah. Okay, Kathy? Uh, so, I went, just to, to capture the awkward moments, uh, every time Bill walks into a room or has a meeting, I went with Steve Carell. <laughs> Steve Carell. Wow. wow. The All second right. you said awkward, I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yep. This is my posthumous one, uh, Ted Knight. 
Oh, okay. Nice. Judge Smales from Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, mm-hmm. Mr. Scholarship <laughs> winner. Mm-hmm. He definitely has the, the yeah. voice, the vocal delivery. And the silver hair. Yeah, okay. Steve? I went with Mario Lopez. <laughs> 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 I don't know why. I just, I see Bill is very Slaterish. <sighs> I went with uh, John Hurley. John O. Hurley. Oh, okay. John O. That's not bad. I, I gave Bill a big compliment, and I, I went with Richard don't, Gere. No, don't do it. Cross that off right now. <laughs> I went with Richard Gere. When, the, the when, Kathy's, when Kathy's spending alone time in the bubble bath, she doesn't want Bill popping her Seriously? mind. She's got her Harlequin romance ready to go. Marissa? I want Sam Elliott. Uh, Sam Elliott? Okay. Yeah. Nick yeah. Had, or, uh, Chuck had mentioned that earlier. Because okay. I think Graham Nash should play Joe Bell. Wait, you think Graham Nash should play who? Joe Bell. Joe Bell. Oh, Joe Bell. <laughs> wow. I said Joe Boo. I didn't even <laughs> Joe Boo. I didn't even think of Joe Bell. Um, wow, that's an interesting. It's time to have a music meeting. Joe Bell is our uh, is our general manager. Um, Why don't you file that under who gives an that? <laughs> <laughs> Heard something funny on the David Duke podcast. <laughs> All right, so I have one. It was a misstatement that Bill made the other day. I I decided to to throw in uh, some of our promotion staff, people that may not, you know, know, just listen on air, don't know these people. But there was Eric Simon and Todd DeFeo, and I couldn't come up with anybody for Eric Simon. Oh, I I have 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 Eric. All right, who? Who? Well, this, I said Ben Affleck. What? Like, look-wise. What? Eric Simon? Yeah. There's an actor. the right actor? Ben Affleck? Yeah, like... Uh, Married to Jennifer Garner. Yes, Ben Batman. Affleck. Yes. Wow. I would go with no. DC Affleck before Ben Affleck. There's an actor that looks exactly like Eric. It's Peter Krause. Who, what's he been on? Um, the Eric he was Simon on uh, Six Feet Under. Um, you'll recognize him. He was on... Uh, there was a there was a, a knockoff on SportsCenter. Peter Krause. Peter Krause. Yeah, right. he was in... Um, he's in that new 911 show, Chuck. Yes. And, uh, yes. Oh, he does look yeah. a lot like Eric. Sports Night, I think that's what that's that right. called. Yeah. That's right. Which is an Aaron Sorkin show, by the way, Nick Murphy. Okay. Yeah. All right, and then uh, I actually did find somebody for Todd DeFeo. There's an actor named Eddie Marzen. Uh, in Sherlock Holmes, he plays the the detective, uh, the chief of police. Um, in Deadpool 2, <laughs> he runs the, the mutant, the place where they... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, oh they, yeah! They keep the mutants oh my in God, and keep Preston. them under control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, See, that's, that's way off. I, I was much different. Did you have somebody case? Yeah, I did. Mahersha Ali. I thought <laughs> <laughs> I had the shaved head. Yes, yeah. I had Henry Cavill. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, well, all right. I, I thought this would be a fun little character study it of sorts uh, for for not only us to play around with, but for you to to go through as you're headed into work today. Kind of get the mind thinking: who would play, you know, that person that works next to me, or who would play your boss, and so on and so forth. And uh, if you have a uh, a fun environment at work and you guys might kick something around like this where people wouldn't get offended or pissed off. No, but I um, think you've killed a Kathy's uh, <laughs> fantasy now. Oh, no, for that, Bill? I won't, that, that is not... We I'm the not American Gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the American Gigolo. Alright, so anyhow, well thank you guys for playing along. I appreciate it. Uh, MMR the movie. Maybe someday, someday it will come to pass. Just real quick before you go, somebody suggested uh, for, for me, Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> There are a lot, there were a lot of suggestions coming up. I don't know if we'll be able to post something on social media about it. Maybe get your your take on it all. But MMR the movie. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know the usual places.
Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. People ask me all the time, what does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, maybe this is the reason. At my store, we don't play pricing games. We wouldn't treat our friends like that. We only have one price. One place, one price. Come to my store and feel the difference. You'll have fun buying a diamond for somebody you love. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. And our flagship store at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Uh, Lee Will for this one. Uh, Sheriff's office is searching for a sandwich thief who they say shoved a foot long uh, sub pan uh, down his pants. A foot long down his pants. Yeah, it was at a uh, the crime happened at the Marathon gas station. Uh, deputies are still searching for the man in surveillance footage. According to the post on the sheriff's office Facebook page, the man went into the gas station and concealed a foot-long sandwich in the front of his pants. By the way, you can keep that. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes. Florida man. Deputies say. The Florida man bought a Polar Pop and left without paying for the sandwich. Listen, I work for Vivid Entertainment, and I think I want to offer you a contract. <laughs> That's right. He just sees him with yeah. his foot long underneath his pants. Okay, so a sometimes an innocent mistake is hilarious. Last Thursday, a mom in Scotland was embarrassed when she realized she had sent her five-year-old son to school to participate in a nativity scene, uh, and she accidentally gave him a sex doll to take along with it. Oh, wow. And I'll explain. Helen Cox says that she purchased an inflatable sheep on Amazon back in November without realizing what it actually was until her son Alfie was sent home from school because of it. We found out what the humming is. The the sheep's ass is vibrating. Uh Since learning of the incident, Amazon has removed the item from its website saying that the seller did not meet the retailer's guidelines. Oh, we're looking at it. Yeah, it is... (laughs) It is cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Apparently, ghosts don't make great husbands. Irish Jack Sparrow impersonator Amanda Sparrow Large. God, do I hate Jack Sparrow impersonators. (laughs) Made uh, she had married an 18th century ghost named Jack back in January. Uh At the time, the 46 year old woman said she had never felt a connection to anyone like she had with this ghost. Because she's an idiot. Yeah, because but uh, things are apparently over, as she wrote oh, on man. social media. Uh, she wrote, I will explain all in due course, but for now, all I want to say is be very careful when dabbling in spirituality. It's she's not right. something to mess with. She left him for an inflatable sheep. Oh, wow. Well, Look at this woman. Jesus Christ. Happy. Yep. All right. A woman has gone viral online for allegedly canceling her baby shower because her family and friends were unsupportive of her choice of the baby name. Now, the baby's name was going to be Squire Sebastian Senator. And it's she not wrote overly kooky. Well, I'll explain. She, she wrote, Dear members of the Squire Sebastian Senator baby shower, I have a really important announcement to make. It brings me pain to have to tell you this, but I'm canceling the event. The unidentified woman goes on to explain her decision, stating that her friends have been spreading rumors and lies. She said, y'all have been talking S about my unborn baby. An unborn child. How can you judge an unborn child? 
She's, the mother shares that she was not crazy or mentally unstable or drunk when she chose the unique three-name moniker, which she emphatically points out is only his first name. What? He will not be allowed to have a nickname. He is to be called by his full and complete first name. Oh, well, so now it is kind of dumb. That's the explanation I wanted to get to. Squire Sebastian Senator is what you would have to call him every time you address him. No. I would not attend that uh, shower either. And uh, the woman defended her choice, claiming that her family is descended from a long line of both squires and senators. morons. She said, if you look back in our family tree, the survival of this clan is literally rooted in squiredom. What, is she, Highlander? We're all related to senators, too, she writes. This name conveys power. It conveys wealth. It conveys success. My baby's name will be a revolution, she wrote. Wow. The woman concludes her lengthy Facebook rant calling her family fake and claiming that her name choice will make her son extraordinary. Uh, those on Reddit were about as kind as, as the woman that claimed her family was. Several on the forum website ridiculed the mother over the name that she chose for her unborn child, saying, no one's talking as about your unborn baby. They're talking as about your poor naming choices. Yeah. And another person commented, this could be the first child ever child to run away from home before he's born. <laughs> It's quite conceivable. Mm-hmm. Think of the think of the misery the kid's going to go through with that name. Well, I mean, and then like when he starts to act up, yeah. and she has to call him by his full three names. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to get old real quick. Even yes. she's going to drop yeah. back. Uh, let's see. Doctors are bewildered as to how an extraordinarily shaped blood clot came out of a patient. It's all this. Yeah, it's pretty wild. On Monday, the New England Journal of Medicine tweeted a startling picture as part of its Images in Clinical Medicine photo series, which features photos of medical anomalies. The photo, for upon first glance, is eerily engaging, resembling a red tree that may have sprouted from the imagination of Tim Burton. But it's not anything fantastically fictional. It's a real blood clot. It came out of the body of a human being, as is the exact shape of a lung passage. More specifically, it is a six-inch wide unbroken cast of the right bronchial tree, part of the tubular network that distributes air to the lungs. It's pretty wild. Totally tubular. An unnamed 36-year-old male patient who had been admitted to the ICU for aggressive end-stage heart failure spontaneously coughed up the medical marvel. Wow. According to George Weislather, uh, who's a tra- uh, transplant and pulmonary surgeon. He said it occurred after the patient had been coughing up much smaller clots for days. When this particular clot came out of the patient, it was instantly oddly shaped, and it was folded in on itself. And when he and his team uh, delicately spread out the clot, they discovered that the architect of the airways had been uh, retained so perfectly that they were able to identify it as the right bronchial tree based solely on the number of branches and their alignment. Isn't that that wild? is crazy. So that is basically a mold of his bronchial passage. That is correct. Yes. Unfortunately, the patient who coughed up the curious clot died. Oh. Uh, that was from complications of heart failure a week later. Oh my god! Though the clot is extremely unusual, it's not completely unheard of. But it's a, it's a pretty wild looking uh, photo. And that is it. That's what I have for you in the bizarre file this morning. What's new? Glad you asked. Disturbed. Motionless and white. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. 
Get in the studio. Come on. What are you doing? What? Oh, makeup. I'm like, I'm seven. I have killed as much time as can kill over here. But we we are excited to have our next guest in here. And uh, long shot as a movie star, Seth Rogen, Charlize Theon, Theron, and the gentleman that is sitting right here with me, Mr. O'Shea Jackson. Yeah. What's going on? I call. I called her Charlize Theon, and I think it's the. I think it's the Game of Game Thrones. Of Thrones. Coming out, man. <laughs> the Greyjoys. God, I hate the Greyjoys. Uh, you know what though? They're kind of making a little bit of a comeback. They're kind of yeah, starting cool. to redeem their name a little bit. Redeem. That name is done, especially with the Ken doll that. Theon Greyjoy is now. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, he is. He's a Kendall. Yeah. You're right about that. So O'Shea is way into Game of Thrones. I found out by reading your Twitter account. Oh, yeah. Strong. And in strong. Fact, strong. And in strong. fact, his, uh, your, uh, your, your bio essentially says, <laughs> the second of my name, 13th member of the Jedi Council, yeah. King of the Seven Kingdoms, and Protector of the Realm, yeah. currently training to beat Goku. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're way into all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I love it. It that's keeps cool. it keeps Shay Shay. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah, yeah. A lot of pop culture stuff, man, which is really cool. You're a video gamer. You're into anime. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and obviously Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get into Game of Thrones until late, though. I couldn't. I just can't wait years in between seasons like the rest of the world. We're, we're finding that we can't either. A lot of times, like f- for example, so I'm. I tried to get in to uh, make a run at Game of Thrones after the fact. So I got five or six episodes in, and then I'm, th- I'm thinking, let it just wrap up, and then I'll watch it all straight through. Yes, yeah, straight you know, through. Because uh, when you do that, and it's something that everyone's telling me it's as good as it is, yeah. you don't want to wait a week or two no. weeks. Or, or sometimes, like when The Sopranos was on, they would take like a year and a half, two years between seasons. Like, F that. Yeah, yeah it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Season finales are always so big. Yeah, yeah. So it's- dramatic, I can't take it. Well, I got to, I, I got on Game of Thrones early on, very, mm. very beginning, but I have, fortunately, you can go back and rewatch, you know, some of the episodes. So I have, I rewatched the entire thing. Yeah. You know, I started in like November and I just came up to it and I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, I don't want it to end. You know? Yeah, that, that's, that's <laughs> the know. worst part. I know. But you know what, there's so much good coming, like, in, for example, your film, which yeah. is coming yeah. out, yeah. yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, long shot looks. It looks like it's a lot of fun. So, uh, had you known Seth before this, Seth Rogen, or is this first time you guys hung out? First time ever. You okay. know, uh, been such a fan of his work that you feel like you've known him for years. Yeah. And super chill dude, super smart. You know, he has a wide knowledge of music. So it's, it's he and he has a dog named Zelda. Like you <laughs> yeah, know, it's just it's really? just things that we could just bounce off it's of. You know, speaking of music, all right, and your dad's music career. For those who don't know, O'Shea's dad is Ice Cube. Um, and you played him in Straight Outta Compton. Before you came in here, I was asking Steve a question. He knows more about movies than anybody I've ever met. And has anyone ever portrayed their own father in a story about their life? Or are you the first person to ever do that? I like to think that I am. That's the, first, know, I that's never the only one I know of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? And then, uh, I did Straight Outta Compton. I was in my in the middle of my second year of college. And my dad's like, yo, this NWA movie, they're taking it serious. And at first I'm like, all right, that's good, dad. You know, good for you, man. (laughs) And then he was like, no, in a perfect world, you play me. And it wasn't about this is my door into acting. I wanted to be a writer. So it was just about cementing my family's legacy. And then after... After the film was done, they were like, "Hey, you're pretty good. You were very, you were better than good. Honestly, I I I, I saw the movie and I was like, I, I mean, I I know my basics, you mm-hmm. know, and I appreciate what went on, but I was surprised at how like uh, 
like moved I was by the end of that movie. Like Jesus, you know, this whole thing that went into play, and you were especially good. And you, were, you but you were going what to USC for for film writing for yeah for screenwriting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was your track. But then your your dad's basically saying, yeah. if anyone's going to play me, it's going to be you. Yeah, and it started the the two year auditioning process, and Gary Gray. Finally made, you know, the right decision in, in picking me up. Oh, you wow. said it's the role you were born to play. Right? Yeah, hands down. Yeah, but I was a fan of the music as it was coming out. You know, I was uh, uh, in my mid to late teens as a NWA hit and, and then so, uh, all of the, 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 the bands after that. So I love that I get to see, you know, kind of, you know, obviously it's a theatrical version of what yeah. was going on behind the scenes. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was... Uh, and, I, it was so funny. I didn't know that you were Ice Cube's son. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, this dude looks so much like you. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, man. And the cast is running really well. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you because with Longshot and with Seth Rogen, a very unlikely rom-com lead, but he, yeah. there's something about him that makes him work, especially in this, like a Knocked Up, he was paired with Katherine Heigl. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they would not normally be, you know, I think <laughs> yeah. in, in our perception, Charlize Theron, but he's got something that just works. And you play his best friend, correct? Yeah, yeah. And Seth has always been the relatable guy. You know, yeah. we, we feel like he we have friends in our circle that he reminds us of. And he gives us a shot. Yeah, exactly. Know? And uh, even though it's a long shot. It's a long shot. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> yeah. But, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you know it, the whole environment that they that they gave me to work with Jonathan Levine, our director. He has a great job of finding the humor and pulling at the heartstrings, and you could tell Seth and Charlize's chemistry. You know, from the jump, you really feel like these two are in their own bubble away from the world. You know, I, when I saw her in a Million Ways to Die in the West, which I mm-hmm. thought was an underrated film, and I'm like, does she have the comedic chops to do stuff? Yeah, she does. Yeah. She's really good. And so Seth Rogen's stuff is obviously known for the improvisational aspects of those films. Mm-hmm. Was there a lot of that? Did you participate? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. they they want you to put some of yourself into the character. It makes it real. It makes it relatable. It looks like a real conversation. Sure. So, there, you know, he has a team of writers who are paying attention to how you work, you know, how you, what your timing is with jokes and things like that. And they're typing up stuff for you to try and try to make it your own. And as an actor, that keeps you sharp, keeps you on your to- uh, on your toes. What about as a screenwriter, the screenwriter in you? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it had to be really cool because it's so much, I think we all think, Okay, you know, and even on major, major motion, epic pictures where they've brought, you know, they've had scripts. Sometimes the director calls like, you know, okay, Moses is going to do this tomorrow. We're going to change this up. And scripts have to be changed on the fly. So that's got to appeal to your on the spot creativity. Yeah, I love it. And, and as a as writing being my first love, my my primary job is to push the story along. Yeah, so yeah. you can ad lib, you can do all types of improv, but as long as you push the story along, it should it should stick. It should work. Yeah. I want to ask you about uh, this, O'Shea, because we were talking earlier this morning. Uh, you know, your dad was in uh, Boys in the Hood, which yeah. which I was telling my experience when I first saw it. I thought, ah, some gangbanger movie, whatever, blah blah. Hmm. And then I saw it, and I saw how deep it was, and how just a masterpiece it was and john singleton's in a bad way right now yeah he's in a coma he had a stroke uh has your dad remained close to him over the years and have you been a part of his life as well john we as a family owe so much to john singleton and yeah we've stayed close the entire time my dad just recently went to go see him and uh yeah i can see how it's affecting my parents you Mm. know i can see how it's getting to them john 
wrote my letter of recommendation going to USC. Wow. So like oh, wow. he it's it's you know, it's it's heavy on my family right now. He's in our prayers and for as far as black people in cinema, John Singleton is oh, like man. you know, he's our our cream of the crop, you know, yeah. he, he's he's on our rushmore. So you know, everybody needs to have John Singleton in, in their prayers. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was just it was a sad story to hear. For, for that, though, and with your dad and with you, uh, you know, there, to think that he would develop the skill set that he did. And then you obviously, mm. you know, uh, now you have music in your life as well. You're, you're, yeah. you're a musician and, and, and the screenwriting and all that stuff. Uh, but, you we're, you know, your pop culture sensitivity lies everywhere, uh, which is really <laughs> cool. So I was reading an interview with you where you said that, um, uh, like, a dream job for you would be writing scripts for video games. Yeah. That- and, and a lot of people, I think for years, the big thing, the big point of contention was Roger Ebert said he never considered video games art. And I'm like, you're out of your freaking yeah, mind. Yeah, dude. It's, you know, there's so many people dedicated to gaming. You know, the you have the NBA making their own gaming league now. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a real serious thing. And I just always felt that video game, films that are based on video games always got the short end of the stick. Like, they either told us as gamers a story we already knew the ending to, so it's no point of rewatching the game I just played. Exactly, or, anyone, or, or they go too far off. Anyone come to mind like Doom effed it up? Yeah, you uh, know, uh, House of the Super Dead, Mario Brothers, Super Mario. Almost, like Nintendo <laughs> just was off making live action movies yeah. until just recently, right? You know? Right. And, and I just always wanted to be the guy who got video game movies right, and even writing scripts for video games. Because in my mind, I could make you pay $12 a movie ticket, or I can make you pay $60 a game. (laughs) (laughs) You remember, like, for example, people don't remember, say, like, maybe it was the third Halo or the second Halo when that came out. I mean, it sold more in one day than any movie ever had. Yeah. It's just just an incredible thing. Now, you see with, like, uh, now do you play Fortnite and stuff like that? Yeah, Fortnite, all that. uh, Grand Theft Auto V made a billion dollars in one weekend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two so days. What, what, what genre are, are you? An uh, wow. RPG guy, a first-person shooter. What, what do you? What uh, do you a little bit of both. Yeah. I, you know, I've slowed down on the first-person shooter because I just feel like Call of Duty keeps selling me the same game over and over. <laughs> it's and true, time. like like you an know? expansion pack. Yeah, it feels just, like. yeah, you know, it's just the same thing. But uh, yeah, two K. You know, I love games that. When you replay them, it's different. So yeah. sports games are always winning when it comes to that. It's different every single time you play. Um, when I was a kid, the first, you know, games that, like, as far as storylines grabbed me were the Final Fantasy games, you know, Kingdom Hearts, things wow. like that. Those, so, you know, so I remember, like, like the God, when I played that first God of War game. Yeah. I'm like, oh mother F. <laughs> And they're supposed to make that into a movie, but if you played like the the last one where he's an older man with yeah, his, with with his, his son, son, yeah, tell me that's not a a touching. You know, we're fans of the Zelda games too. The, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. I, I mean, that's just that stuff's just wild. So yeah, Ocarina of Time is like one of the greatest games ever ever made. You know your stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what would you tackle if you wanted to tackle a movie to bring it to the screen? Um, what game. You know. Uh, I don't want to give out my right, ideas. Yeah, I, can't get, I can't give I out my you. ideas on no. the waves. They'll be like, oh, yeah, we were already thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we, speaking of a genre and all this cool stuff, Steve, the uh, uh, O'Shea's going to be, you had mentioned to me, in the new Godzilla movie. I'm, I'm a yeah. massive fan of that 2014 wow. Godzilla. I lo- I'm a big Toho fan. I'm a yeah. big uh, anime fan as well. And, and mm. just those, the kaijus and all that stuff. 
This movie, I, I was telling these guys, I, I was literally tearing up watching the trailer for it because, I mean, they kept, you know, Ghidra Ghidorah yeah. as as exactly the way it looked in the yeah. Toho films, but with a way that we've never seen it before. Were you a fan, A, and B, what was it like working on that? Yeah, I've been a Godzilla fan my whole life, you yeah. know. Uh, my dad would do tours out in Japan and bring me back, you know, Godzilla toys. Straight on Compton was the movie I was born to play. This is the second movie I was born to play in. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's pay-per-view. There's no way in the world that Ghidorah, Mothra, and Rodan should all be in the second movie. That's like third movie stuff. Yes. This is the second movie. And Mike Doherty, the director, did such a great job. I've seen it twice now. He's He did such a great job. When you finally give a nerd... <laughs> the keys to the Ferrari, you know. Yeah, we know how to handle it. It's, it's, it's stuff that we're passionate about. Yeah. And Mike, the score, he, he's got people to remake the original scores from the films. It's, it's amazing. And in the marketing, which is brilliant, they're using classic, like Disney, they're using some uh, Over the Rainbow. Yeah, and they're just, using yeah. very, very lyrical with, with Mothra, you know, the raising wings, the wings. The wings. But, but it, and I tell these guys, in the first one, when Godzilla wakes up after the battle, oh. and on the screen on the Chiron it says "Savior of our city," I'm like, "Oh my God!" I'm letting you know right now. Yeah, this is going to crush 2014. Ah, uh, right. it has crush. every indication it will. Yeah. It's the movie we've been waiting for. Who do you uh, who do you play in that movie? I play Chief Warrant Officer Barnes. I'm the senior officer of G Team. Um, I, I take my orders from. Uh, Colonel Foster, a.k.a. Aisha Hines. Huh. And, uh, yeah, we are the grunts. They don't really care if we live or die. Wow. <laughs> uh, we're downstairs to get the to get the mission done. We're part of Monarch, which is a branch of government who you know protects us from the things that bump in the night. So yeah. we know how to handle the time. And Monarch runs through all the films. Yeah. So so and and from Skull Island as well. Yeah. So that it's all it's all this secret society. Secret society, <laughs> which I love. We love secret societies. Yeah. Speakeasies yeah. and things like that. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah. I get you. Did you get to play some pretty cool weapon toys and stuff like that? Oh yeah. yeah. You know I had a. Um, you know, I had some pretty intense training on Den of Thieves, so I, when I got to be in Godzilla, you know, I was, like, well aware of my weapon and everything, and you know, I'm not really doing too much, though. But, it's okay. uh, you know, we were made sure we were taught by Colonel Hans Bush, you know, Green Berets, that they, they made sure that we were... You know, safe Looking and right and endangering safe, yeah. ourselves or anybody else. Right. I wanted to to ask you with uh, with this film um, with Longshot, uh, you have recreations of so so. Charlize Theron is a, was a babysitter to Seth Rogen when yeah. they were younger, and now she is become Secretary the of State, Secretary of State, running for the, the presidency. presidency. And uh, so, but there there are things that are set up that look like the Oval Office and stuff like that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, dude, cool. You, you taking pictures of you sitting at the desk and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know you got to get a couple of those. And they did, yeah, did such a great job with the replica. Um, but yeah, it, you know it's a good time. It's a good movie. It, it's just it was just such a fun set. Definitely one of the funnest in my early career. That's very cool. Nice. So, got a question for you. All right, we're gonna try some Game of Thrones trivia. All right, yeah, let's do it. Because yeah. <laughs> we did, we did this the other day. I was I'm I'm so biting at the bit. Uh, to test my own knowledge. So these guys came up with a bunch of trivia questions, and we only went through a few of them. Yes. did pretty good. You did right. very, very uh, solidly. Uh, I think there were just a couple, and even the ones you got wrong were just shades of uh, yeah, it was difference. Close. So, so yeah. should O'Shea and I play against each other, you think? or <sighs> Why not? 
Now you, 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 How uh, about you ask him a question now, instead of us like buzzing in right. to see who's okay. first? You want to give him a buzzer? Uh, uh, come on, give him a buzzer. Uh, what would you rather do? You want to? Uh, uh, I'm down for whatever. Man. All right, all right. All right. The music got me hot. He came to play. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready. I need a buzzer. Hang you. on, Casey. Got a buzzer. All right, for we got me. A I don't want to use the Pico power play. Oh, Mayor Marissa's got the other. Use the bell. Right, we no, have right several here. buzzers. Yeah, I, I bought them on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's oh, me. All right. And then we'll give it. Oh, Shady, you already have one? Let's hear that. Yeah, that one. Oh, perfect. oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh. We were setting your ass up. Yeah. Yeah. This is treason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when you when you buzz in, hold up by the microphone. All so right. Let's hear it. All right. All, All right, right, so that's O'Shea. And then I'm... That's it. Okay. okay. All, All right. right, so let's knocking a few of these off. You guys ready? Yep. Yeah. And by the way... Steve doesn't watch the show, so the pronunciations are going to be a little weird. Oh, right? that's yeah, well, you guys have to tell me. All Sketch. Right. All right. A great man once said, I drink and I know things. Tyrion Lannister. That is correct. <laughs> you keep it score next? I yeah. let him have that one. All right. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. What is Prince Oberon Martell's nickname? Preston. Uh, he's the Viper. Mm. Um, Full name? Uh, oh, it's some. Um, uh, wait, the Desert Viper. No, that's not what I'm glad you win. <laughs> <laughs> You're close. I have here Sand Viper, the Red Viper. Oh, the Red, Red Viper. So do I get negative points on that? No, no, no. no. Okay. All but, right. But O'Shea should be allowed to, to answer. Or, or he, I, he, he passed. If we get one wrong, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. He essentially passed on that one. What is the name of Jon Snow's Valerian Steel Sword? Preston. Longclaw. That is right. Woo! Thank you. Strong. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finish the end of the night wa- night's watch vow. I pledge my life. And now my watch begins. Uh, okay, well, I have, uh, you have an answer, O'Shea? Not what he said. <laughs> How does the question end, It by says, the way? I pledge my life and honor to the night's watch for this night. My watch begins? No, I have oh, for, the, oh, for this night and, uh, wow, and all... All and, and liberty for all. And, and liberty, 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 liberty and fraternity, 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 fraternity for all. Uh, and all my nights. Uh, all nights to come. All, all nights, nights to come. That's our 1-1. All right. I thought the last line was, and now my watch. Oh, you know what? That's what they say in response, and now you're watching. Yes. Yes. Begins. All right, so all no, right. no point. Wow. No, no point, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of Ned Stark's great sword? Ooh. Ice. Wow. wow. I wouldn't have known that. All right. It was strong. Yeah, that's just from, it's only in the first couple episodes that they uh, they reveal the name of that. All right. So, all right. I think you both have a shot at this one. What were the Mad King's final words? Yes. Burn them all. That's right. Yeah. Nice. 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 Strong. Damn. Strong. All right. Protect me, Lord of Light, for the night is dark and full of terrors. Ooh, very good. Yeah. Oh, all right. starting to feel it. <laughs> What is the name of the royal executioner who beheaded oh. Preston? Ilan Payne. He's on the list. Yep. He's on the list. All right. We're asking a lot of sword names here. You guys know. Oh. All right. And not good for you? I can skip. No, no wait, no, wait, no, no, wait. No, no, no. It All might right. be the one I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arya Shea thinks it's the one he might know. Right. What is the name of Arya Stark's... Oh. Needle. Needle. Yes. 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 Nice. Even that one. I actually know two then. All right. <laughs> All right. What is Jon Snow's 
birth name? Oh. Aegon Targaryen. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> oh, very strong. Let's God, go. You're, you're damn good. All right. <laughs> Two languages have been invented for the show and name them both. No one of them. Oh, damn it. O'Shea. He's got it. Dothraki. Yeah. Valyrian? Yeah. Uh, he got it. Yeah, he got yeah. it. Yeah. I couldn't come up with the Valyrian until <laughs> late. All right. All right. How many actors have played the mountain? Oh, wow. Preston. Two. No. You're crazy. Really? Wow. You forgot about Baby Mountain, remember? Three. Three is correct. Oh! Including Stolen. the Icelandic strong man. Stolen. Hot for, you know, New York. Thank you for saying All right. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. If a member of the... Did I say this already? No. Do it again. If a member of the Night's Watch dies, what is commonly said at their funeral? Damn it. And now your watch ends. Yes. Wow. And now your watch is over? <laughs> is it over or ends? Ends. Yeah. Damn it. Ended. Yeah. All right. And that's what we have. That's, uh, yeah. That's, that's it? Awesome. Thank you. So strong. I got skunked. Seven Dude, to you start, three. You started out strong, too, Preston. Strong. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll see Longshot May 3rd. Hang Lord on. of Light, protect the studio Hang for the on. night is dark and full of terrors. <laughs> I have to do this. Uh, <laughs> he's been the knee. He's been the knee. Yeah. the knee for O'Shea. I appreciate morning. you guys. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, well, listen, uh, the movie's coming out, and uh, everybody will get their Marvel stuff out of their system this weekend. Thanos <laughs> loses. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll get out to see uh, a rom-com with uh, some really big names in it. Uh, Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron, and, of course, the gentleman that is here with us this morning. Dude, nice to meet you. Good luck with everything. Thank you, man. Long shot May 3rd. It's O'Shea Jackson, guys. 93.3 WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Totally Office Calendar 2020. Shot on location at the Met, Philadelphia. 12 magnificent months featuring the most gorgeous girls and our loveliest listeners. On sale now for just 15 bucks in the MMR Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Order by this Friday to have it in time for the holidays. Or get your hands on a free copy at an upcoming calendar raid while meeting the girls and members of the show. Details at WMMR.com. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, I meant to get to this story yesterday, so uh, better late than never, but it, uh, it's going to take up a good portion of the Bizarre File. Maybe you heard this, maybe not. An Arizona man has spoken out uh, the heartbreak that he endured when he learned that the body of his mother, which he donated to a medical research center, was sold off to the military and blown up in a blast testing experiment. Oh, How the hell does that happen? So his hope is she's going to be used to forward knowledge of Alzheimer's, right? Yeah, Doris Stauffer, 73 years old, died five years ago in hospice care following a several-year battle with Alzheimer's, despite doctors saying that she didn't carry the gene for the disease. Medical officials feared the condition may have mutated and hoped to study her brain after her death to further investigate. However, when she died in 2014, her neurologist was unable to accept her remains, so her son, Jim, reached out to a number of donation facilities who he hoped would continue the investigation. So finally settled on Biological Resource Center, BRC, in Maricopa County following a recommendation from a nurse under the agreement that the company, led by a guy named Stephen Gore, 
would send her brain to a neurological research group. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he found the right location. He found the right place. Um, but Jim said, I feel foolish now because I'm not a trusting person. But in this situation, you have no idea uh, that this is going on. And you trust. And I think that trust is what they fed on. He recalled how an official from uh, BRC came to pick up his mother's remains within 45 minutes of her death. He signed an agreement with the official in which it was detailed that uh, of what would and would not happen to Doris's remains. So several days later, he received a wooden box that contained, quote, the majority of his mother's ashes. However, no information was provided about how Doris's body was used or where the rest of her remains were. Another three years would pass before he learned what really happened to his mother. The record showed that BRC workers deta- uh, detached one of Doris's hands for cremation. After sending those ashes back to her son, the company then sold and shipped the rest of her body, including her brain, which is what they wanted to have work, you know, uh, testing yeah, done, yeah, yeah. to a taxpayer-funded research blast <laughs> testing project for the U.S. Army. Doris's cadaver was then strapped to a chair on some sort of apparatus, an explosive device was detonated beneath her. The idea... Whoa! Did you see that? Whoa! The idea of the, the experiment is to get an idea of what the human body goes through when a vehicle is hit by an IED. So that is... Okay. That's useful information. Definitely is. But All the fighting grannies out there. But you need to... You know, you, you gotta you gotta know. You that should ask someone yeah. before you blow up their grandmother. Here's the deal. Jim said there was actually wording on this paperwork about performing this stuff, performing these medical tests that may involve explosions, and we said no. So we checked the no box on all of that. Yeah, no to blowing up. Uh BRC and military records show that at least twenty other bodies were also used in the blast experiments without permission of the donors or their relatives. Uh, the donated bodies were all sold to the military for $5,893 each. Officials on the project uh, said that they never received the consent forms from the donors or their families that along, Hi, uh, that along with the cadavers. Instead, they were forced to rely on the assurances of BRC that the families or donors had all agreed to be used in this specific type of research. And how did they think that simply a cremated hand would pass for an entire cremated body. Well, this the guy running it was... Uh, Shifty? Yeah, big time. Jim says that he still struggles with the reality of the grisly end his mother's remains met, adding that his memories of her are regularly plagued by visions of the experiment. Jim is one of 33 plaintiffs named against a lawsuit against BRC and its owner, Stephen Gore. We blowed in, up a lot of bodies. In which the gruesome details of how the uh, center misused loved ones' bodies is compared to the horror novel Frankenstein. Now, it gets worse. Listen to this. It's worse than this? Oh, yeah. Gore was found guilty of operating an illegal business in 2015. It was discovered that he had been selling off body parts. More than 1,755 human body parts were found at the facility, which took 142 body bags to move and weighed 10 tons. Now, in a declaration for the lawsuit, former FBI Special Agent Mark uh, Quinar uh, described various unsettling scenes at the site in Phoenix. Quinar told of a small woman's head sewn onto a large male torso that was hanging from the wall in a, quote, Frankenstein manner. So they did that as like a... Its placement was described as an an apparent morbid joke. Jesus. He also spoke of a cooler filled with male genitalia, infected heads, and bucket of heads, arms, and legs without any identification tags. This is Ed Gein stuff. There were also blood and bodily fluids on the floor of the freezer. Listen, I want to make this up to you. How about some sphincter candle holders? (laughs) 
The BRC picked up the bodies of deceased loved ones from the family home, from family homes, God. and from there they sold the the parts to middlemen for profit. Bodies were cut up using chainsaws and bandsaws, tools that are not supposed to be used when medically dismembering cadavers. Mm. There was even a price list for body parts, which included a whole upper torso for four grand, an intact torso for twenty nine hundred, a spine for nineteen hundred, a leg from mid femur to toe tip for six hundred. And you can make those thin slices, please. A head for five hundred and a knee for three hundred and seventy five dollars. A full intact body could cost anywhere between five and ten thousand dollars. So uh, the clientele, that's what I'm interested in. Who is paying for these knees and heads and necks and hands? <laughs> I don't know. It is. It seems to be testing uh, facilities. He admitted that the bodies were not used in a way that donors had permitted and that he was overwhelmed working in an industry without regulation. Man. So Gore was sentenced in 2015 to one year deferred jail time, four years probation, and was forced to pay $121,000 in restitution. And that's all he got. So. The idea that they took a small woman's head and sewed it onto a large guy's body as a joke and then displayed it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's as gruesome as it gets. Who, who walks by and finds that funny? You know, um, I mean, you so might grin. I told but... you that was going to eat up most of the bizarre file Oof. time, and it did. So well, that's a hell of a story. Yeah, it's hard to follow that one up. Uh, let's go. You want another uh, bizarre medical thing? Yeah, why not? We're in that vein. Let's go for it. Uh, human animal hybrids are to be developed in embryo form in Japan after the government approved controversial stem cell research. Human cells will be grown in rat and mouse embryos, then brought to term in a surrogate animal as part of experiments set to be carried out at the University of Tokyo. It's all going It's all going to hell now. Human-animal hybrids. Supporters say the work uh, by renowned geneticist uh, Hiramitsu Nakauchi uh, could be a vital first step towards eventually growing organs that then are transplanted into people that need them. So, Are they taking pre-orders for whale penises? That would be a good thing. But uh, opponents have raised concerns. The scientists are playing God. They worry that the human cells could stray beyond the targeted organs into other of areas of the animal, effectively creating a creature that is part animal and part person. <laughs> Here's your werewolf, Casey. Right. Oh, <laughs> your rabid werewolf with bad credit. <laughs> for that reason, such prolonged experimentation has been effectively banned or gone unfinanced across the world in recent years. But in Japan itself, scientists were forbidden from going beyond a 14-day growth period, but those laws were relaxed in March when the country's education and science ministry issued new guidelines saying such creations could now be brought to term. I think of I Am Legend, and I think of the the thing that kicks that off is that they're looking for this cancer cure, Mm -hmm. and it ends up becoming this thing that causes this rage virus that destroys the world. Yep. And there you go. That's what I have for you. Scary stuff there. In the Bizarre File this morning. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, where are we going today, Steve? Well, Trevor Trevor Noah dropping $20 million on a 10,000-square-foot bachelor pad in Bel Air that has a see-through infinity pool. Noah reportedly plans on using the home to get laid. Oh, my God. And speaking of extravagant spending, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones just purchased a $250 million, $250 million super yacht with two helipads, a gym, and a full spa. Jones says the 357-foot yacht is exactly 356 and 10 inches longer than his penis. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, after announcing the proactive cure to acne, an old interview has surfaced in which Kendall Jenner says an L.A. dermatologist cleared up her skin. 
skin. Kendall says it's all mi- a misunderstanding, and she was simply lying to make money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash. Jim Brewer yeah. is here. Morning. It feels so good to show up at a station that has bagels and coffee. <laughs> we Do we have them out there? Are they out there? We ordered them. Yeah. All right. All right. No, you should understand. We haven't had any yet. <laughs> when I go in, when I go into tour the community and they go, "What stations are going?" Uh, you can tell right away by what's outside and inside. <laughs> <laughs> you show outside and they're like, "Oh, you want something to drink and water?" All right, let me cut. And they go to the sink. <laughs> Listen, you got to have a little presentation, right? And, oh, and as yeah. soon as I showed up here, I saw the bagels and I went, <laughs> now. <laughs> now we're on a station. It's real. We're at, it's real. We're holding I up walk the in, you terrestrial. 90 people here. Is, <laughs> is, what is this? Homeless day? What's going on? Uh, just we're fans of the show. People? Yeah, All and, fans and, of the show. And some Brewer fans, absolutely, All right? right. Yeah, yeah. Your Philly hats on, they're all hopped up. Man, Harper put some fire under this. Yeah, he did, didn't boy. he? Yeah. I've been watching every game. Yeah. I was watching you watching the game, and it's, it's you know, listen, there's no secret. Obviously, you're a massive Mets fan, and your yeah. purity, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I mean, and, you know, but when you see stuff like that, and what, it's just pretty wild, is it not? I feel like I'm watching Ali Frazier. This yeah, baseball yeah. this year is going to be Ollie Frazier every single. They're going the Braves and the Phillies. Bing, bing, pop, pop, yeah. pop. Go ahead. I don't. I like it that the Mets are good, and I like it that the Mets are good while the Phillies are good. I don't care about the. I hate the Braves. Uh, and listen, I hate the Mets too. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I hate the Braves. The rivalry's good. I yeah. hate the Nats. Yeah, I. I like <laughs> hate it. the Nats, and I like Harper. As I'd never thought this happened. I hated Harper. <laughs> hated Harper. I like him as a Philly. Okay. Yeah. All right. He I... looks like a Philly. Yeah. He, he, I, I, even last night I was watching, I'm like, come on. As first time I had a look around, I went, come on, get a hit. And I was looking around. <laughs> <laughs> But to that, appreciating another team, and, you know, listen, you can't argue with with the ability. What what was amazing, though, is when we found out the the amount of money. Oh, the amount of money is just. (laughs) Well, he's going to get a wake-up call. If if come September he's batting two ten, hasn't hit a homer in, like, eight weeks, you're going to see some really... Like Philly's not a town. Like you know, it's okay. We still we still support you. Yeah, no. no. Well, are, are you when a game's on at home or whatever? You are you just immersed? You're you you persona non grata. You you just hot. yeah. But I I I backed off of getting that emotionally attached in the early. Yeah. A I learned. Like, listen, April is uh, evaluation month. Okay. So now you know as Phillies, you go, okay, where's our weak spot? Is it, I think it's middle relief, right. or maybe we need a maybe we need a starter. The Mets are, ah, we, I don't know. It could be the starters, could be middle relief, it could be a lot of things. I don't know yet. So I don't, I don't lose my mind. Where last year, Mets start off. Twelve and two. I I had World Series shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that though. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Philly's kind of the same way. We were in first place lead, you know, all the way into August. I'm like, oh man, 
I had, I didn't even, I, I had no idea. Right. And then September happened. You're like, oh, that's right. <laughs> this isn't a playoff team. It's <laughs> a long season. That's when you, yeah. All right, so yeah. I, I, I love baseball. Yeah. Um, and so my son plays, my nephew plays, and I can watch baseball pretty much at any level and, and really, really get into it. I can't do that with other sports. And, Me either. Okay, can you I do can. that with baseball? Oh, I am there in yeah. baseball. Every single level. My nephews play. I I go and I show them how to pitch and we get with coaches. I watch every, whenever I got my bike in town, I see a little league game. I go and pull up and I watch the game. Okay. Wow. I, do, you, do, you, do you play in any like weekend leagues? I only play. No, I don't have time for weekend. But yeah. I do play <laughs> fantasy baseball yeah, league, yeah. which if you're a Phillies fan, you should really look into that because um, there's some great Phillies in Clearwater that you go on. You, you're with the team. You're in the locker room with the Phillies that you grew up watching and all that. And you play for a week competitive against each other. That's why we did Clearwater for the second time this year just passed. And, and it was honestly, I was reticent to go down and do it because I'm like, well, what are you going to get from this? You go down there. It's a blast. I'm going on five years. And I can honestly say that you would flip out. It's the it's the only thing I look forward to every single year. Really? I, you, I went on tour with Metallica. All <laughs> yeah. I can think about is, oh, I got nine months to get ready for January, and I got to start working on my mid abs so I can hit lower balls. Uh-huh. <laughs> is it with the Mets that you do it? Is it I do with the Mets. Fourteen Lucy is that? Yeah, what it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd like to. I'll, you could do it with other teams. I want to do it with the Phillies because I like the Phillies, and I wouldn't mind trying maybe like the Dodgers. They have some cool old. Players. Players that I that how's, I know. How's the Mets f- uh, facility there? Because the the Phils have a top notch one, but it, the Blue Jays have a terrible one, and they're just up the road in Dunedin. I I know exactly where they're at because I used to uh, I used to live down there. Oh, um, did you? Yes, I was down there with Darren Dalton days. Oh, oh sure. Okay. Yeah. Yes, and he would tear up the town with one of the Hooters games. <laughs> huge. One of the original Hooters is right there. Yeah, I think it, right. it wasn't just one of the Hooters girls. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite a scene when I moved down there. <laughs> and they got, you got Hulk Hogan, you know, he's uh, apparently living going to the airport. They got some interesting characters down yes, there. Yes, yeah. yes. And Crook Johnny was always down there with his five, with his huge belly. He. <laughs> I loved John Crick only because he defined, yeah, yeah, this is how I look. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Take it or leave it. Take yeah. it or leave it. Yeah. This is how I look they and must, I play they, baseball. They must be fa- Are you friends with any of those dudes? I'm sure they're fans of your stuff, some of those guys. I don't really. Some of those older players. The, the, the Met guys, yeah, yeah, and some of the yeah, there's some older ball. Who from the Mets are you like old? Because because I, I you know I was I was there for the uh, for the '69 uh, you know Ron and Swoboda's there. Oh really? Yeah, Ron Swoboda's okay. there. Ron Swoboda's legendary for that diving catch. Yes, I mean, yeah, it, it's funny how one moment in time changes your life. And that's changes what he says. your everything. That's what he always says. And he's I nearly he's, broke both elbows when that happened, attempting to replicate that, you know, <laughs> over and over again. Well, here's what's funny. When I go to the camp, you have all these older ball players, And how it works, like say you're a diehard Philly fan, you go down, I don't know how the Phillies camp works, but the the old players, the ex-ball players, are going to manage you. And then they watch you for a day, and then they draft you. Oh, wow. And you wait for the really? draft, and then you start playing double hairs. And I'll tell I don't know if they have money on it, but there's nothing funnier than watching Ron Swoboda going, up for crying out loud. You got you where's your zone today? You're killing my picture. I mean these I've seen these guys throw their hats down. I've seen there was a fight last year. Really? It was 
awesome. That's funny. <laughs> it was wow. awesome. But they you, never lose it. They never lose. I mean, we, we, no. we have, you know, veteran uh, Phil's players that come out, you know, and, and, and interviewed for the show. They, the passion is still there yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I baseball challenge people it. are weird. <laughs> they are. I, and they, they just like challenges. Like, uh-huh. I, I just got to do this thing with with John, with John Franco, ex, uh, you know, ex Matten. Yeah. <clears throat> As he's leaving, I went, John, I, I got to be honest with you, man. I just. I'm pretty confident I would crush you in wiffle ball. <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought I said something about his mother. <laughs> he turns like, I'll take you out. And he did. His eyes changed. <laughs> his whole demeanor changed. <laughs> Any day in a week, man. You want to do a charity event? Whatever you want to do. I'll, I'll swear to God. You want to play stickball? We'll go. I said, I can hate you stickball. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> it makes them nuts. That's Jim, funny. We had, we had uh, Cal Ripken Jr. in studio one time. And... Uh, he was in the in his last All Star game that he ever played in. That he got grooved to pitch. It was right down the middle, and he hit a home run. And I asked him about it, and I and I sort of framed it in a way. It was like, yeah, it was yeah. kind of a meatball, you know. He took such offense to me asking this question, and I I was asking it as a baseball fan, and I love Cal Ripken Jr. And it was not as if that notion had not been it was not an original put out there before. Thought, but he yeah. got and he's like, you ever trying to hit a home run? Yeah, you, you, can you hit it out of the park? <laughs> I was like, no, Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> Sorry, I asked the question, but but to the Franco thing, his eyes turned. He took exception to my question. Yes, well, that could have been from his head or whatever he's been taking for the last three four years. He's <laughs> <laughs> trembling. What's going on? I don't know what's going with that who's head. the biggest character you've met you know sports wise you know who's just well he was in the past okay in the past it was um uh todd hunley really huh. he played for the mets he was the he was the one of the most wildest human beings i ever <laughs> oh that's listen i'll tell you why give us a story if you know. um I'll give you the very PG. <laughs> he comes to see me at Caroline's on Broadway, New York City. This has got to be mid-90s. Okay. And um, he's like, come on, we're hanging out. And he's, he's, <laughs> his his uh, wife was there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so much I can't say. Okay. All I can tell you that a couple days later, Bobby Valentine, the manager of the Mets, goes, well, if one of our stars would get more sleep in the paper, all I can tell you is by the time it got light out, we were still raging. I mean, raging. Round two. It's all right to have beard shots with eggs, right? And, and he had to be at the ballpark, I think, by 10 a.m. for oh, Jesus. a, oh, my Jesus. God. For a one in the afternoon game. Yeah. I was dry heaving watching that game. Wow. And I think he hit two homers. Yeah. Wow. There were some, you know, the, the, this, the sport in particular is replete with stories of people who operated that way. I mean, yeah. you look at the... Go back to freaking Babe Ruth was was always... Mickey Mantle. Yeah, yeah, Mickey Mantle. I mean, that's, you know, and, and that, for some reason, that's why baseball movies about yes. players like that do, are so good. Yes, because you know, you never see that in... Oh, my God, thank you. I love you. <laughs> Marissa just brought some... <laughs> I haven't had any caffeine this morning. This is fantastic. She came in the nick of time. As soon as I sat in this chair and it's low, I kind of feel like a child. 
I've told my first story and now my belly's full and I'm starting to get tired. <laughs> You're getting fussy. I See, I don't want to say, like, baseball doesn't... Is not a um, it's not a tough sport to play, but I I think it lends itself to you know party a little bit more after the game because it's not like you're not running and gunning the whole time like a basketball player, or football player, you know. You can stand in the outfield, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just go please. Don't <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and you're, you're exactly right. And yeah. they probably have it down to a science by who's pitching. You know, like. Okay, Sister Mars Arietta. He he doesn't give a fly ball. A couple more shots. Let's just talk to a couple more chicks. There we go. And then wait. Okay, and then this guy's pitching, so I'm only going to bat like twice because he's just plowing. This is good. I can survive. Today. We had a story. Uh, well, in and who who was who smashed the TVs, Nick? Oh, um, it was in the clubhouse. Oh, they, were, they, were, they were playing video games. Who was it? Who was it again? Yeah, Santana. Yeah, Santana, yeah, yeah, Carlos Santana. Who, so, but to yeah. that point, where, where even while the game's on, they're playing video games. We had heard about that. Yeah. Was it the the Red Sox who, if you know, the pitchers weren't pitching or whatever, they were they would duck into the clubhouse and 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 drink during the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. during the games. They're like, so right, to, you know, to your point, yeah. There, if you if you know how to play it right. And you know who your who the opposing team is and where your your breaks are. Yeah, <laughs> I always it's always amazing. Have you ever noticed too? A lot of times your team will play the worst team ever, and they suck. <laughs> right? Like why aren't you scoring? Because like okay, I can relax tomorrow playing the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as we get out of there, Fitcher's only going to last five innings so I can sleep to the fourth inning. Yeah. And then the manager will start yelling at us. And then Franco starts going up and down. And they go, come on, man, come on, man. And then we'll wake up. Okay, let's do this. It's true, it's true. Hey, I wanted to ask you, you had mentioned the, the Metallica tour. And uh, you had gotten in touch with us when you made the announcement that whole thing was going to be happening. You were part of the opening act, yeah. quote unquote, doing some game shows, stuff like that. Did that all play out the way you hoped it would? Would it end up being a, a, a really good success? Greatest gig ever had. No kidding. You have Greatest a special on, on Patreon, don't you? It's yeah. a, it's, it's it's a documentary of your yeah. of what you were doing. I I, I got to check it out. It, it looks like you were just having a blast. I can honestly say, out of everything I've ever done in life. That was hands down the greatest gig I ever wow. did. In life. And and the how it all happened, right? Like it, it was James Headfield reached out. March of last year, he was in Europe. They were touring Europe, I think, and they said, "Hey, uh, would you be interested in um, doing a tour with us?" And that's as vague as it was. No one. And I now they saw me at Rock on the Range, and yeah. I do great in the rock festivals. And when I was finishing my set, I remember Hetfield and a couple guys were on the side of the stage, like, "Man, you should tour. Oh, man, our crowd would eat you up." Blah blah blah. <laughs> I didn't really think much of it, and then. He said, don't get it. I got excited. I went, oh, dude, I'll kill in front of you. I know that audience and I'll kill. But in my head, I was thinking it's the end of the arena. Yeah. And it's a perfect setup for stand-up. And we'll have the two screens. That'll be great. And then um, he goes, well, don't get excited. Haven't asked the band. Haven't talked to the band yet. And uh, we don't know what it is yet. I don't know what it is. A couple weeks later, hey, what about characters and uh, T-shirt cannons? 
Now, okay, <laughs> I need to readjust. I, right. Yeah, it's becoming a different thing. What do you mean characters? Well, I maybe you walk around the arena and a character, went, oh, that's going to get violent. Yeah, it's going to get violent. <laughs> if I, I want to throw something at a guy yeah, 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 yeah. walking around as a character, I'm going to hit him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> You're just being honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm 38 and I'm drunk and I haven't left my wife in, for three days in seven years and... I'm out on a bender, and I'm waiting for them to play No Remorse. I'm going to hit this guy. <laughs> He's walking around in an outfit as a character. Right. It's worth the night in jail. Yeah, right. $2,000, I'm out. <laughs> so how did it morph into what it, because it became? Lars. Lars, I flew out to see, I flew out to see Lars. He doesn't know. I totally knew when he was in town. Yeah. And I said, hey, if I have meetings on these dates, you, are you around? Bling, yes. I flow out there. I get my day with him. I go to his house. We're overlooking the bay. And uh, I got to wait in this big top floor and wait on top of this castle. And, um, <laughs> you know, would you like tea? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Lars will be up here. Okay. <laughs> and he comes up and he goes, um, this is exactly what he said. I'll never forget. He goes, here's the deal. <laughs> No matter how many times we get bands, nobody goes to see the band. It's a bummer for the bands, a bummer for us. So what we're looking for is a fan experience. (laughs) With the air quotations. Yeah, and he goes, you know the band a long time, but the most important thing is you you don't have to be funny. Tell stories. Why are you here? Get a DJ. Play songs. It's your thing. Go do what you want. (laughs) I went, how much time we got to figure this out? He's like, you know, we start in like uh, five weeks. <laughs> and so I was creating all these things. And he also said this, just know this, most likely you might not have more than a thousand people out there when you're out there. And I went, oh my, I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Right. True, yeah. I didn't think of that. I'm yeah. thinking I'm walking out of there. Ah, right, right. There 10,000 people, what's up? <laughs> and I can honestly say by show two. It was ten thousand people. Right. Every wow. single, right. every. Did you have to adapt what your original plan was? Once, oh god, you... yes. After yeah. the first night, yeah, yeah. First night, the 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 way that what they were very adamant, and I can honestly say, as at his friendship, more things. Metallica's agenda was yes to entertain the fans, but they clearly said we want our fans to get to know Jim Brewer. Oh, oh man, that's, that's that awesome. was that. They were like, we love you. We want we want everyone else to start to know. Who you are? How, How cool of them to do that? Yeah. Man. How well did you know the band prior to this? I'm I we I go on vacations with, like me and the head fit. My kids, that's pretty cool. In the house, they'll say, uh, "Oh, I got a text from Mrs. Hetfield and Hetfields," and and they, they, we, they grew up together, so they're like cousins. We're almost. James is like an older brother to me. That's that really almost, cool. That almost places an extra bit of so. So now I had the pressure of yeah. He's sticking his. I better come through here, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, and I, you know, I probably never said that anywhere else. But more, I'm thinking about it. I put so much pressure myself because I didn't want to fail him or them on this project. So it was never about, hey, I'm opening it. I'm, it was, oh my god, this is Lars wants a fan experience. Yeah, and if I can pull this off without getting booed off the stage, right? It's a success. And I think the greatest thing for me. No matter if you saw it and hate it, whatever, it doesn't matter. The last 
two days before the show ended, uh, one of the little interns, uh, one of the workers came up to like, Lars would like to see you in the food room. <laughs> I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and I go in, it's all black curtains, and he's eating like yeah. a king, and he goes, sit down, we haven't seen each other. <laughs> he goes, do you think this would work in an arena like a stadium in Europe? And I went, oh, wow. Uh, and I said, listen, man, I'd love to. The, the ego in me would go, hell yeah, but I, listen, no. Yeah. It's you not think it's happen. intrinsically a domestic thing? It has to be a different. No, yeah. f- two, two things. A, I'm in an arena and I know they're American. Yeah. Yes. And I was able to leave the arena. Like by, by show eight, I was going in the crowd. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can go in the crowd and mm-hmm. pick people out and have a field day. And th- this is all I could turn on the lights to section 201. Right. I fear none of you. <laughs> um, my, and that was huge. I can't do that in Europe after Ghost has played for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're from Belgium, and they've been drunk since October of last year. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, no, I, I hear you. It's got to be a crowd thing. I, yeah. I, in, in this business, we're lucky enough to be able to meet bands from time to time. And, and um, I did a meet and greet with Metallica once. And I've never seen a band, especially a band of that stature and that size, treat their say. fans as well as they did. I was so blown away because everybody that's in that meet and greet has a Metallica story that they want to share. Yes. And those guys sat there and listened to every fan's story and they went around the room and they took the time to listen to what the fan wanted to say to them. I was so blown away at how cordial and respectful they were of their fans. It really impressed me. I love the new album. Yeah. Love the new album. And one of the songs on there, Here Comes Revenge. That's my favorite. I love Here Comes Revenge. It's not played on the radio. I think it should be. That song came from a meet and greet. No kidding. And this guy from Belgium. The story's unbelievable. We're, we're, we're working on something now where we where we did a, we documented these fans that went to every show from around the world. They were at every show. I became friends with this group from Sweden and and uh, New Zealand and Australia and Canada and England and it was and they were at every show. These Norwegians and this guy had this tragic thing happen in his life. It was so overwhelming. And he goes, I told James, and he said, wow. The fr-, he told them the story of, of I don't, don't want to bore you yeah, guys right. the story, but long story short, James went, wow. I, I My first response would have been, here comes revenge. And he was off to the races to write that song. Right, so song. the yeah. coolest thing was the last show, and it sounds corny, but I got goosebumps thinking about it. This guy hasn't seen the song live, and he flew in from Belgium, and I knew it was sort of on the list, and I went next to him, all excited. I was looking at all the other people. I went, it's coming, it's coming. And they started playing the song, and he just, he came alive. Long story short, he lost his daughter to a, a drunk driver. Oh. And and um, he goes to the shows to, to, to feel his daughter's spirit and blah, blah, blah. And, and he just sobbed. Oh hysterically it was over and you see all these people just holding him and dude it was it was not so and then all that came from a meet and greet wow and just like you said they take the time with everybody who meets them it's not and i've been on meet and greets it's all right don't look out don't talk to you go on the billboard sure i get going i remember one time 
Well, look, I get it. Your wife died. I get it. Your kid has polio. I, I get it. You're dying in three months. You got brain cancer. Keep the line moving. Everyone's dying. Everyone's sick. You're right, though. Right. Yeah. I, um, I, from what I understand, James is a very, very interesting human being. I heard is he, he's a beekeeper in his off time. Yes, I drank his honey last night. What? What? I sh- oh, that came out wrong. <laughs> I drank James Hetfield's honey. <laughs> came out real bad, boy. That's a new one. That's there's a gift for you. Yeah. For all you guys did for me. That's a song that's, title. That's my <laughs> drank his honey last night. That's the next hit on the new album. <laughs> yeah, you drink my honey. <laughs> <laughs> so hot and bittersweet. <laughs> it became a hit. Uh, Did you see him in his performance in the uh, in the Ted Bundy movie? Oh yeah. No, he's right. he. Um, <laughs> I remember he f- did. No, the one I didn't see. No, he told me about it before it happened. Yeah. And um, I just remember busting his chops for them showing up to the, uh, you know, w- w- the premiere. Yeah. And I'd even mentioned the mo- the movie. I just talked about how goofy they all looked with their dopey Hollywood clothes. <laughs> Although he looked good. He, did, he yeah. always looks good. Yeah. But I was busting his kids' chops and his wife's chops. Like, oh, are we all Kardashian? Oh, look at us on the red carpet. That's fun. You know, we also wanted to ask you, did you see, because we've been talking about it, did you see on uh, Netflix The Dirt? Yeah, the Motley Crue, Motley Crue uh, story movie? thing. No, I haven't. Yeah, I was. I'd be curious. But how, how, I, uh, I waited on it. Uh, I just watched it uh, day before yesterday, and having grown up in that era, I loved it. I, I uh, thought it was a lot of fun. It's not I'll right in out. your wheelhouse. Are, are no, you, I no. Were you were a crew my wheelhouse. Fan? You were a crew fan. I was crew in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. crew all the way up until um, uh, Theater of Pain. Okay. okay. Use it or lose it. Yeah. Whatever that album. Was. I think you might it's like it. It's good because there's a lot of fourth wall breaking, and it doesn't take itself way too seriously. Well, that's good. So I, I it's heard worth watch. stories from Tommy Lee when, when I was on Sunday Night. Pamela Anderson came on. She was still with Tommy. Yeah. Tommy was a fan, and we hung out once or twice, and he'd tell me stories. And you know when you want to hang out with an idol? Yeah. But as they're telling the stories, you're going, oh, my gosh, should I notify authorities? <laughs> <laughs> or do I want to stand on the side of the stage at the next crew concert? Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Can you really? share any of those stories? Yeah, I can share one that just, I, it defines humanity. <laughs> uh, male, female, females out there, just basically goes, oh, dude, yeah, we used to go, we used to go mudding. On Wednesdays, we go mudding. I go, Oh, yeah, I lived in Florida. He goes, no, no, no. We would all bring this chick in a hotel. And in this one place, we'd always ask for a place with a chandelier. And she'd tire, you know, we'd tire up the chandelier. Then we'd pop, you know, bottles of champagne and then shake it up and, st- and spin her. And then it would create an animal. Oh, my I'm like, God. Muddy. Muddy. My hand to God. Another, well, I could wow. never make up a story like that. In fact, in the movie, they've got stuff that sort of approaches it. Well, <laughs> and I look at and every time my girls are like, Dad, I'm going to go see, uh, you know, the, 
Chazavez and Chevelle this weekend. No, you're not. Yeah. Don't go muddy. <laughs> wow. My God. I mean, yeah. <laughs> how do you get? How do you get there? Is a huge. How, how does a? She, well, I yeah. wouldn't say a female. How does a human go? Yeah. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Right. You want to meet the band? Yeah. Yes. We got to stick a bottle of shirt, champagne, <laughs> and we're going to tie you up, and then we're going to spin you around. You're going to poop all over the place. The guy's going to laugh hysterically. <laughs> They're going to do a lot of drugs. And then if you make the round, then they bring in another chick. <laughs> Why? And we'll see if you make the best 10. Are you into this? Absolutely. Oh, God. Like, God. is that chick out there marching today? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right? Quite possibly. <laughs> it was a different time. It was a different time. Oh but you could tell oh people would not know. believe it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is unbelievable. I've never heard of money. No. That's... <laughs> Apparently, no, neither did Tommy Lee. Yeah, yeah not the hand not of God, God, man. I did not make that story up. Wow. No, I, I have every confidence. I, that wouldn't be in my further. I've been high in my lifetime. I've never even came close to imagining <laughs> that's what you could do to another human. Wow. <laughs> And that's the downtime. That's the wow. downtime. Yeah. How, how bored were they to get to mudding? You know, like yeah, that's another. Thing. Well, we've done everything we could. <laughs> <laughs> we've skydived through them off planes where they can land it on our donkey. <laughs> what else do we do? I don't know. Dude, come on, man! It's crapping all over the place. <laughs> do you know it was very telling? We, we, we had a story. I got an idea, guys. <laughs> Whoa, that's brilliant. Let's try it. That's insane. There was a story. Maybe we could get some of that Hatfield honey. <laughs> yes. Uh, in the, in, we're wow. talking about there's a point of contention about the classic snorting ants. Right. Deal and lapping up pee thing, and, and it's, depi- yeah. it's depicted, yeah, it's in, the depicted dirt. in the movie. And and there was a point of contention, and we were talking Ugh. about with Kathy. You remember we were talking about yeah, the, the point of contention was that it was an ants. It yeah, it was, was Vivian, spiders. Vivian was, Campbell said that he was there and he saw it and he said it was a spider and not ants. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. You know what? You ended such a phenomenal debate. We're going to hear from guest speaker over here representing the Democratic Party. Right. You claim it was spiders. <laughs> <laughs> the Republicans are liars with their ant prophecies. They were spiders. <laughs> Oh my God. Now we know what's really going on. Drain the swamp. <laughs> Fake news. These damn Motley Crewers, they're part of the problem. But then By they the talked way, about the pee, and they're like, no, 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 oh, that was true. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that, that true. Yeah. What was the pee? Uh, so- Ozzy whips it out. They're at, a, they're at a pool. They're like at a Holiday Inn, and he just pees out on the, on the you know, around the pool, and he leans down and starts lapping it up, and they were trying to outgross each other. Oh. So Nikki then goes, okay, watch this. He whips it out, and he does the same thing, although before he can get down to lap it up, Ozzy jumps down there and starts swimming around in Nikki Six's oh. yeah, puddle. And- I'll show you, you stupid Yankee. Yep. <laughs> I'm from England. I'm from Barrick. <laughs> 
We used to wear heavy shoes on us. These guys have been around 200 years. I've seen this many times. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go mudding? <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Oz? God, I love your, your story of hanging out with him. It's just, oh, just it's, priceless. Which yeah. one? The clink, 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 clink. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So many great stories. By the way, I need to mention, uh, Jim is doing, uh, now they're saying it's a residency yes. at the Hard Rock Hotel. You know, you're this means a lot of shows in the next six months. But they're going to be different shows. This is, I'm always different every six months. Like so even, you, even my album. Wow, see how I plugged that. Even the, um, <laughs> the music. No, no, no! I, a comedy album just came out. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was off the. Li- that was not planned. Portland, so, Portland. Yes, yeah, so none Maine? of it. I always do different shows. What Maine or Oregon? No, Oregon. Okay, yeah, Oregon. sorry. Yeah. So, so what? What about the music? And what about your? You're your talking oh, about the Rock Are you? Yeah, yeah. 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 It was fun though, right? It was. It was the greatest time ever. If if I became huge, yeah, and I start playing arenas. I would use that to open up for my stand-up show. Okay. okay. And I would dress as a character. You won't know it's me. Okay. All right. I'd redo all the songs. Yeah. And I would have the theatrical show that I had planned for it. It was always a theatrical show. It was supposed to be uh, Rock of Ages, but of metal version of, I got a, you. of a guy with a family and blah, blah, blah. All right. So, but... Yeah, no, it's 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 exhausting. I yeah. would imagine, yeah. You know, when you show up and there's twelve people there and you're paying <laughs> this guy's like, Can I get a hotel room with a tub? <laughs> I like taking baths. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I only eat, you know, vegetarians, so that's why my food bill is always super expensive. Sorry, man. <laughs> nah, dude, this is not it's too much. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Now, okay. This is exciting. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I don't recall lapping up piss anytime. <laughs> uh, you know, you talk. Have you watched the travel shows? Excusing with Jack. Yeah, with Jack. That's a great time. <laughs> and Jack and I. I'm glad we have a translator here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the traveling show with Jack. It's actually good. Yeah. Is it? I was to Italy. They went to Italy one yes. day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. On our next tour, we'll have James's Honey part of the meat and greet. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> Oh, Guaranteed man. to make you say, yeah, ooh. <laughs> Listen, dude, it's awesome to see you. Thank you. Thank you for coming by here. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm going to play a little bit of that Metallica song on the way out that you were mentioning. Here comes the revenge. Dude, listen to this song okay. and let your listeners say if this is a keeper. All right. All right this definitely. is a mo- Are we playing the whole thing or just this part? No, just this part right now, but we will get you to gotta it. you got to get the riff in. Okay. Dad, give it at least a minute. All right. A minute? All right, Casey, yeah. fast forward it a little bit uh, here. Come so on. So we can, does our fast forward great... thing work on there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on here. All right. Let's, All right. To the riff. All right. You get, you blew it though. We blew, blew it? it? No, no. You, you got, listen, this is okay. great. But there's the hook of the, uh, of the guitar is coming up. It's such a. This should be a baseball song. Your team is down, and now you're going to come back and win. Tell me. Little grave, I'm grieving. I will mend you. Sweet revenge, I'm dreaming. 
she's evil, I'm Kane. Jim is jumping around the studio. He is hands in the air. And Harper drills one in the center field. One run comes in. Here comes another one, and the Phillies take the lead. Turn it up. I love it, man. Dude, it's a monster. It's badass. A monster. All right, we'll, Next time I'll tell you the story of how they play that live now. I don't think it's kind of because of me. <laughs> All right, very good. Jim Brewer! Yay! The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.